All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Naked Sunday. I'm your host, Caleb Leb Nelson. Today, I am welcomed by my my rock, my beautiful wife. Keep going. The, the <laughs> apple of my eye, the better half. I don't know if I got any more in me. I can't think of anything else. It's my wife, Mrs. Lexi <laughs> Nelson, the best person <clears throat> ever. Wife extraordinaire. Yes. She has been instrumental in so many ways to any semblance of success I have. And it has often been the reason why I don't blow things up in my world. Between you and Ian, I have like a dynamic <laughs> duo, that, duo that is more or less, you know, chaperoned me through the past seven, eight years of my life. Welcome to the show, my love. Thank you. So, you didn't introduce Ty. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we also have little Ty, our beloved pup. He is going strong. Gonna get he you. just had his exactly. <laughs> he just had his eleventh birthday. Yeah. And he's going strong. We switched his food recently, so now he's like got all his energy. You should see him when he wakes up in the morning. Next Whoa. level. <laughs> Look at that. We both know the same level. Let's start off with this. So we need to clarify. Apparently, you are the one who inspired the name of this podcast. Yes, not me. It wasn't my idea. <laughs> no. Apparently. Well, I didn't, not the name of the podcast, but the name in general. So enlighten us all to, to how this <laughs> came to be. A yeah, a sip of coffee. You're the wine. Well, I've been drinking my bulletproof coffee. You drink coffee so fast. Though. Anybody's watching. I have the happy life and she has the happy wife. So. I was going to use my dog mom one, but then I noticed you had that one out. So I was like, oh, it's probably like better branding, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> so fitting <laughs> she is my he's social, still getting this down though she's also life. my social media czar because she is the one who puts me together you're the one who started dressing me basically yeah you were a hot mess thanks babe let's <laughs> okay, clarify first this okay, whole naked sunday. naked sunday bit okay so christina aguilera and her first husband <laughs> <laughs> did, did the did this thing called Naked Sunday. And essentially they would just be naked on Sundays. And that was like their thing. They'd hang out all day together, whatever. Naked. <clears throat> so I told you about it one day. And then I feel like a couple weeks later, you started saying it. And I'm like, I don't think he realizes that I told him that. I think you thought like you just came up with this thing on your own. So I just kind of let you run with it. And then a couple weeks ago, I was like, you realize that I'm the one who told you about this? I couldn't remember that for the life of me. I, I still... It was very authentic of you. Like you, It wasn't like, oh, I'm taking this idea. It was just... Well, I you definitely, really thought it was your idea. Well, I definitely <laughs> applied idea. it. I applied the depth and the meaning of my own stuff. Like what... Sure. I don't know what... One, I still don't remember. But I guess thank you to them for... for Christina Aguilar. I never thought I would be saying thank you, Christina Aguilar, <laughs> for something. I don't know her. I don't know anything about her, really. What? Barely know her music. But I know she's good. She's a good singer, whatever. I think you like her music. She is a good singer. Right? She's Why a good not? singer. She's a little out there. She's a little crazy, but... You know what? We're all, a little, we're all a little bit crazy. Yeah. So I'm not going to... There's no judgment up here. No, no judgment. So I guess thank you inadvertently for... Or unintentionally, whatever it is. I get what I'm saying. <laughs> the name inspiration for both the practice that I and then we subsequently kind of adopted. Yeah. Okay. And now what this name of this podcast is. Um, so thank you for clarifying that. You are the... <laughs> they didn't call it. Okay. So 
when I was reading about this, they didn't call it Naked Sunday. They just said like on Sundays, we get naked together. So I call it Naked Sunday. Yeah. So cool. It can be your own little thing. <laughs> Ideas adapted though. Well, thank you so much for that. <laughs> it's a, a true joy. So let's tell the world a little yeah. bit about the woman who puts up with all of me, all the things that I am, because I know saint. that I'm quite, you are a saint. <laughs> I openly admit, I used to think I was low maintenance. You're not low maintenance. Thank you. Not in the least bit. And I've, I've learned over I time. I had to just clean up after you. Thank you. You know, it's just like. You, <laughs> you wanted to, to be honest. You were very <laughs> Tell the world a little bit about yourself. What do you do? What are you passionate about? God, I feel like I'm an interview. I hate this question. Well, the, then all the better. You're going to be interviewed plenty of times in your life. <laughs> Great. You said at one point you want to be, you would love to be like a, a talk show host. So you got that is it. my, that's my dream. So who's to say yeah, this I'm can't not, be the start of that? The same way you, the same way you inspired this. Are you going to say it or Sam? Tyson is just living his best life. Don't judge him. I'm uncomfortable. He's fine. Um, <clears throat> Hold on, that way. So. <laughs> Let's start with what do you do? What do you do? I'm a fifth grade teacher. Fifth grade teacher. You're getting teacher. a little glimpse of how I have to like talk about myself in an interview. I should have clarified this for everybody. This has been mildly like pulling teeth for me to, to get have, me on the podcast. To have you on the podcast yeah, to get you to talk about feelings in general. Ugh. That's been that might be. I think I'm you've good come, at you've come my a, feelings. I, you've come a very long way. Yeah. You've come a very long way. <laughs> It was not, it was an uphill battle. <laughs> now it's just uphill, not a battle. So it's getting better. That's not saying it Maybe it's going downhill. Maybe it's better. I don't know. Anywho, fifth grade teacher. Yes. Fifth grade teacher. Yes. Proud to be. Proud to be. <laughs> what else did you always say? A little bit of what you're passionate about. What do you, what do you do? Tell us about you. What's the important things? Like what is the, the things that we need to know about Lexi Nelson? <clears throat> hmm. I think I'm just passionate with working with kids, obviously. Right. It's not necessarily it's obvious. Not... There's a lot of teachers that do not like their job. <sighs> yeah, I guess you're right. There's a lot of people who don't like their job. They're just in it for the money. Right. Not so... to say that you go into teaching for the money at all. But there <laughs> you is... definitely don't go into teaching for the money. But there is stability, which I think a lot of people care There's about, stability. right? It's like a reputable job. Which is like almost scary too, because they're teaching the next generation and there's stability for those people. You know what I mean? Right. They're not really setting a high bar of like, yeah. what can you be? Yeah. Or what you should be aspiring for. Like if you don't <clears throat> feel like you, like somebody's there, like really in it to win it with you, how much does that get you amped up to go, you know? Right. It's interesting for sure. But I think that <clears throat> the, like the, the teachers that I work closely with, I think they all care about their jobs and they all care about teaching. And mm -hmm. I think I'm probably, this is like a little bit of assuming, but I would say like the older generations is probably where I see that more, but like the new filter, like the new filtering of teachers, I, there's very, I don't think I know any new teachers that are not like passionate and excited to be in the field. That's great. Yeah. Now you've always wanted to be a teacher, right? Tell us a little yes. about that story. Uh, probably since like pre-K, I wanted to be a teacher. I've always like wanted to always write on the whiteboard. I'd like line up my classmates for my teacher to get in line. So basically you've been preparing to deal with yeah. me for your entire no, life. No, 
no, <laughs> tiny humans, not large ones. Um, well, there's a lot of te- uh, a lot of not te- a lot of adults that are basically behave like children. This is very true. It's very true. Um, yeah, always wanted to be a teacher. I did go for dental hygiene. You knew that. You know the story. I met you right around this time, though. The people that are listening do not know the story. Am I supposed to be talking to that or that? You're talking with me, but okay. people don't know. Okay. So elaborate for people. I <laughs> might know things. I knew we, I might not know some things. You might expose some wrinkles in your life. Some wrinkles. Okay. Well, I met you around the time that I made the decision. When I got out of high school, this is actually how I met my, now one of my best friends, Sarah. We were in chemistry together. Now I'm not, a, I'm not like a high level science person. So when you go for dental hygiene, it's a lot of like, advanced chemistry or like anatomy and physiology, microbiology. That was like the kiss of death for me. Um, would you like to get down? Tyson just can't make his mind. Just he put can't. him on the ground. He's fine. Here. But he's also just sitting if I plop him. Um, <clears throat> so when I went for dental hygiene, when I got out of high school, there was, it was like during that market crash where no, there was like no teaching jobs. Everything was full. Teachers were losing their jobs. And I remember my parents saying, we'll do like whatever you want to do, we'll support you. But my stepdad owned a, um, a dental practice. So in the summers, I would work for him as um, like the assistant and give my mom a break or like the receptionist, whatever. I just work in the office, the family biz, I guess. <laughs> and so they go for dental hygiene and they sold a really good pitch to me. It was like, they were like, look at our hygienists. They only work four days a week. They make X amount of money um you know they have the insurance and benefits all this all this stuff and I'm like okay that sounds like a good plan so I went to do that at Hudson Valley and I think I was in my third year I think I had just like started my third year like I was doing all the prereqs you mean third semester no second second year fourth yeah third third semester yeah so second year sorry um and I was like this I remember I had I failed microbiology and then Billy was gonna my stepdad was gonna take took microbiology with me again. And I was like, at this point we had gone, it was really cute. We went, went to the class together and he sat next to me and he ended up knowing the professor. Um, and I was just like, I, I don't think I can do this again. <clears throat> I was like, first of all, I don't, I can't like understand things I can't see for microbiology. And the content was so dry. The teachers were so dry. I was like, why am I even doing this? Like, this is not what I ever wanted to do. Um, so I had like a little epiphany and then I remember telling you exactly like you were, I think you were like, what are you going to school for? And I was like, well, kind of transitioning. And I was, and one of the big things I said was, you know, when you want to go for teaching, a lot of people put you down. Like, I remember when Sarah said she was going to go for teaching. Finally, I was like, good, go. You know, I was like supportive, but the amount of people that told her no before me was incredible. And I'm like, what, what, why are so many people against and she was hearing from no's from people in the field. So it was, it was kind of crazy to me. And at that point, when she was starting, I was finishing up. Um, but yeah, so I kind of, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. And my plan actually, actually, after hygiene was to go for teaching still. And my plan was to like, during the school year, be a teacher and during the summers be hygienist. Now, now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, maybe I should have done that the other way around and went for like the longer schooling first. But I'm glad I'm not a hygienist. I don't think I could do that. I think I'd be miserable. Hmm. Why do you think people were saying don't go into the field? I don't know. If it, I don't know. I don't know who they were. You know, I knew a couple of them, but 
probably burnt out. They probably didn't like their job. They probably weren't in it for the right reasons. So why would you tell someone else to go do something? Right. If you're miserable in it, you know? What inspired you to be a teacher? Like what about being a teacher matters to you? I think it's kind of funny because when I was in high school, uh, middle school, high school, like the teens, teens age, I remember being like, why do I want to be a teacher? Like, I, I hate getting up for school. Like, I hated getting up for school in high school. You hate waking up in general still. No, I don't. You love sleeping. I love sleeping, but I do enjoy like getting up and having a cup of coffee and like going to work. Like I do. And I genuinely enjoy that. You more than anybody love going to work. I do. I really do. Quarantine. <laughs> I was I've, I've never seen somebody make- so upset about having, not being allowed to like go to work which is not yeah. common for many people I know. Yeah, no, I, I truly want to go to work. What was I saying? Oh, so in high school, I'm like, why would I want to get up at 6 a.m. and like do this thing that like I hate getting up and doing? Um, and then I kind of like grew out of that phase, obviously, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I don't know why. I, like, I had a really hard time getting up for school though in high school. Like my stepdad would like drag me by the feet I couldn't wake up to my alarm clocks. I just slept through them. The amount of times I missed my bus and like my dad had to come pick me up and bring me to school. Those were the best though. Cause then I got like Duncan on the way. The <laughs> so sometimes I'd be like, hmm, should I miss the bus today? So that dad can come and save the day and bring me some food. <laughs> well, that's kind of cute because you can start thinking about like some special little moments like yeah. that you get to share with your father. Yeah. Um, did you have like an aha moment? Like, was there a teacher that really impacted you? That kind of like there's a lot of people I've talked to like there's that one person like their mentor. I think I had multiple. I think I was really lucky to have really good teachers. And when I was in fourth grade, I had Mrs. Spooner. She's now Mrs. Spooner Smith. Um, she was like she she was like the new teacher at that time. So when I you were in third grade, everyone wanted this you know the new fourth grade teacher. She was young, right out of school, literally her first job. Everyone wanted her, and I ended up getting her, and I loved her, and I still connect with her today on Facebook. Um, and when I was going through school with undergrad, I would go and observe in her classroom. So it was nice to like maintain that connection. Now in high school, I had a lot of like really great and middle school. I, I went to Gilderland and I'll say like my entire like education career, I had good teachers that are friends with me now on Facebook. I had Chewy for his end. Yeah. I know he did like Albany CrossFit, right? Yeah. He was one of the first yeah. few people that I met when I was in at all like had a maybe an extended conversation when I started my career at all day crossfit right yeah I remember he did that um he's a great guy really nice guy like yes I never took his teacher he's a PE teacher right I never took his class because I was obsessed with rugby (laughs) I was obsessed with that imagine you playing rugby I was so good I can imagine I was yeah you're pretty hard-nosed and and tough cookie (laughs) well I loved it so this one teacher, Newton, I'd always just go to her classes. Now, then she would, oh, I'd have to wait. Like, first I had to do a running class with her, which I hate running. So she told me to do a mile once. And I was like, oh, I really don't want to. I really don't want to. And she's like, you're doing it. I was like, okay. I did a weightlifting class with her though, one time. I'm sure you liked that. I did. It was it was my first experience of weightlifting at all. Like, I was just in endurance. Thing. Um, I was in high school, so junior maybe. I remember she made me bench That's and I was common. so scared. Especially for women. Like to teach it? Not only teaching it, but that being promoted at all to, to, I mean, nowadays I'm assuming it's changing, but that's not. 2010, 2010. I, you know, yeah. I think about 
you know, now it's a little more common, oh, weightlifting and things like that. You know, CrossFit definitely brought that onto the thing, but like earlier on for me, probably like even high school and college, that was probably right around the time you're starting to hear a bigger fuss about like injury, not, no, not injury, Uh, more like, you know, it's not only is it okay for women to lift weights, but like it's cool. Like it's healthy. It's like better for you to be stronger. And that was, that was a big, like push right because it was not that was not common I mean that wasn't even that that was not that long ago that was right. 10 years that, yeah I mean it still might be going a little bit strong on social media I don't know if that's a thing but now it's kind of like popularized I'd be interested to know now like if they're doing it I know she did it that was like one of her things but I would always take her so you had to pick a coach and they like top three things mm-hmm. and always the last thing was rugby in the spring because blacks part of it was warm so I'd have to do like all her other things first and I didn't particularly want to do those I just wanted to do rugby so I would just automatically go with her um but yeah she was I was like where I did my first bench press and we do like workouts she would put us through a workout we had a weight room I think it was mostly used for like the you know football Football team team. which is which they should have done it more they're pretty good team now weren't they the past few years when I, okay, so when I, I cheered, right, and I, when I was a freshman, I did not cheer, and they went to, like, whatever, the highest one, okay, they, they were stacked, they had Drew Smith and Booker, and they had a great team, she was a coach, so then I'm like, all right, <clears throat> I cheered for All-Stars, I'm like, I'll cheer for football next year, because they're a good team, and then I got You're there. You're gonna cheer for them just because they were a good That's team. That's why I was gonna do it. Otherwise, I don't want to stand on the sideline and like cheer someone on. I'd rather like be on the competitive side of cheer. But um, then they stunk, and I was so annoyed. I was like, I just did this, and you guys aren't winning any because their their two best was- players graduated and went to college. So <laughs> you're one of a kind. I was not happy. <laughs> I, I don't even have words for that. But you were a very good cheerleader. Decent. She was decent, right? Yeah. So like you, you like your gymnastics type of things. Now you've said, describe, describe your cheerleading experience. What did you like and what do you not like? Because you're different. You're not the one who wants to so much have like the prototypical, like do the dance moves and the like yeah. stuff on the sideline, the rah-rah thing. You liked more the, like the tumbling and the gymnastics yeah. space type of thing. Yeah. So there's like different parts of a cheer routine. Okay. And that's like what the cheerleaders try and perfect. So like, I really like stunting. So it's like throwing the girls in the air and like doing pyramids and that kind of thing. Um, and I liked tumbling. I loved tumbling. So tumbling is like the gymnastics floor routine, but like, that's it. Just the floor. Um, <clears throat> don't like to dance. And I don't, Ironically, like, you love I don't dancing like the stars. I love dancing. With the stars. Yeah. But I, maybe I just, uh, yeah, it, I wouldn't say I don't like it. Obviously I liked it some bit because I was doing all of it. You know, you have to like a little bit of all of it to be able to do the whole thing. But I definitely was more of just like, I wanted to be, I wanted to tumble a lot. I wanted to stunt. Like that was my thing. Um, tumbling more so than stunting. Tumbling was like number one. And I like, I'm not, I'm not an individual athlete. I've come to realize this about myself. Like I want to work with a team. Like I like team sports. I know you. You're shaking the tape. <laughs> it's on the thing. So it's that's because it needs to be re-screwed in. Um, so yeah, I think that's why I would have picked like cheerleading over gymnastics as I like that, that team sport. And I tricked my parents into signing me up for cheerleading. Mm. 
the first time I ever cheered. I was young. I don't know how old I was, but I remember like, <laughs> I like told my dad, like I, I could get my dad to do anything for me. Right. Obviously daddy's girl. So I told him my mom would meet us there to, at the sign up. She had no idea I was going, no idea I was signing up for cheer. And then she was not happy when she found out that I used my dad to sign me up. <laughs> and then obviously she was fine with that app. Like she could think she was fine eventually, but not happy that like, I lied and <laughs> tried to like sneak around. I don't know how old I was, but was I'll some, never forget like the little standing in line for like the signups and some good sales and marketing right there. Just using your angles to get <laughs> where you that the bus. Craziness. <laughs> You're out of your mind. I know. But cheerleading was important to me. I, I went through a rough time in high school, beginning of high school more so. <clears throat> and it, I'll say like my all-star team like saved me from like making stupid decisions with stupid friends that I had so it worked out so you kind of had like a rough crowd but you're kind of yeah I wasn't making, yeah I wasn't making great decisions um I was not putting school first it was just like a very weird and like I had a great family like on both sides like even though my parents were divorced like I had a great like state I had both of my parents were stable and they would um communicate if they needed to talk about me and they did not like to communicate when it was bad so you did not so, want to be on the wrong end of that. <laughs> well, eventually, I think I just, um, I hadn't cheered at this point. It was right after I stopped doing um, the football cheer. I did it because when you do football at the time, I couldn't do all-stars at the same time because of the high school coach wouldn't allow both. Mm. So I like, took a chance and did high school. And then when I didn't go back for their competition season, because I didn't enjoy it and I just wanted to go back to all-star, but it, all-stars like they start in June and they end in May and then they start in June and they end in May. So they go the whole year. So they were already started and had their team and routine and whatever. So I couldn't have just like jumped in. Right. And you have to try out for them. You can't just like sign up and go like when I was younger, you know, you had to actually try. Um, so yeah, it was good. It was good to, it was good to have something to get me back on track, I think. So fast forward yeah now you're in a place in your life with athletics and yes. fitness I wish I had it then take us through the journey of how you've gotten from there to where you are now from cheer to here sure because <laughs> you know we gotta think you we met yeah at the gym right at the time that I ended cheer around like I just finished my last season right so we met then you were at Albany CrossFit. I was coaching with yeah. Albany and my the gym that I owned at CrossFit Clifton Park. Yeah. And then, you know, I went on my own journey and you came along that journey. I did. So let's talk a little bit about it. How did you, you know, you were, you joined up. I didn't even know what I was joining, first of all. When I first got there, I was like, why are there tires? Like, why are these huge tires right here? Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was joining. And I remember I was supposed to join earlier, like in December. And I told my, I told Audra, um, one of my best friends growing up, she really wanted me to do this with her. And in December, I don't remember why we didn't do it in December, but there was a reason, whatever. I don't know. And then we didn't end up joining until March. I think that was like our first foundations, which I just found the picture the other day. Um, I think I sent it to Jay actually, but yeah, I had no idea what it was. I didn't even, I knew it was like exercise, but 
I didn't really like understand what it, I was actually getting myself into. I knew I had to go through like a boot camp and I thought it was just going to be like a boot camp, like at the Y, just like at this, you know, separate location, whatever. Not like an educational thing. Not like, Hey, we're going to teach. No idea. Stuff. No, no, no idea. And it was hard. I was, but I loved that. Like there was gymnastics. Like, I think that's what drew me to it in the end was there was like, there was a lot of gymnastics movements that obviously I like doing gymnastics. So that appealed to me. Um, and one of my first workouts was like seven minutes of burpees, which is still a favorite of mine. You might be one of the few sick people in the head that actually like that. I love it. I don't know why. It's just, you gotta go up and down. It's all you do. Just up and down. Which makes no sense because you hate running, which is all you do is put one foot in front of I hate running though. I'm just like looking at nothing while I'm running. You look at the same spot on the floor when you do burpees. Yeah, but it's a mental game. Running, I'm like, oh, I, have, I, have, a, I have to get somewhere. I hear a mental block. I don't see, there probably I think is a you're mental not block. making an association. You're making a decision. Maybe I have like a bad experience with running. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. I like sprinting. I did, I, in high school, I did track for a very short bit. Got it. That makes sense. Like sprinting. But then I quit. So I was like, this is too much running. <laughs> it's sprinting. It's I went to the running. bathroom and I never went back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the coach was not happy with me in the imagine. the next day. <laughs> I can imagine. Okay, sorry. I'm getting off that. That's okay. So you started up there. You met me. Yep, couldn't stand you. I know that you couldn't stand <laughs> me. You thought I was whatever. And then what? What do you mean then what? So... As the story goes, not too there long after. I mean, I was with somebody. You were with somebody. I was with somebody. Okay. My relationship was kind of coming to a close there. Yeah. Yours, too, was also was coming. A little on the rocks. It was yeah. also a little on the rocks. But then my relationship with Jay soured. Now, right. there's this little story in between that. We had some flooding. Now, yes. this was a, is an important part because this kind of, like, stuck out to me, for me personally. Sure. CCP had a lot of flooding issues and this was yeah. like the second time it had flooded. I think if I remember correctly, I think it, it was the first. The first. It no, the it first, was the first. We had some more issues. Yeah. It might've been the first. It's kind of like a Sarah thing. helped you with the second. Right. First. So I was down at Albany, went up to Clifton Park. Yeah. You had just coached us. Just and you were like, you. Any, you literally Anybody? were on your phone. Anyone want to come help clean up the gym? And literally only three people showed up. You and two other girls. Yeah. The girls. Like Audra. Yeah. Yep. Audra. And, and she was like excited about it. I don't know why. She's like, we're going to go clean the gym. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but it was literally me. I think maybe Murph. Maybe. Yeah. I don't remember exactly who. Uh, it's there a, there was, like, it was another guy or two, but it ended up just being like five people. Yeah. And I was just surprised. And like, we had a lot of members between both spots. And of all, you were brand new. You were like, what, maybe a month in? Like here right. you were. And you're what, 19 going on 20 at the awesome. time. <laughs> you know and I yeah I was but you showed up and I was like why are you like it was just kind of like the goodness of your heart you're like yeah sure like this is just something we do this is it was like a Friday right was I think like, it, was, it a was a Friday I don't remember I think so because we didn't really shut things down that week I don't remember correctly but I don't remember some of those details but I, I do, do remember it was Friday because I remember like was it yeah it was like a Friday noon class was it okay that, that makes kind <clears> of <throat> sense to me um timeline wise I guess uh, I'm trying to like remember like yeah no it's okay what I, I light out things like that anyway that stuck out to me now we there was no like connection at this point like we were both in no. relationships yeah. you know that's no so my friend actually liked you right your friend liked me didn't you and yeah 
maybe. Oh, that a little bit. <laughs> um, so she was not a good friend. Maybe I should clarify that. Well, acquaintance. acquaintance, right? Yes. Anyway, so then Jay's and my <laughs> relationship soured. I'm just thinking about the lane, sorry. It's fine. Um, soured, yes, it soured. And you were there. You're one of the first. We transitioned. Right. You I felt up- so weird too at CCP. I felt like I was just walking in and like being judged by every single person in the room. Why? I don't know. It j- I just felt they were like, why is this girl here right now? I, ra- I was randomly like showed up into classes, right? I didn't go through foundations there. You're I was right. from Gilderlin. Like I was driving. Well, that started to stick out to me too. It's like you and I didn't barely knew each other. Right. And you're driving. I mean, you drove by a, a bunch of gyms, not just Albany, right? You drove right. past that. Yeah. You know, and you were fiercely loyal about it, you know, for whatever stuff went down with he and I, you were like, you know, I don't like what whatever it was. Yeah. I'm doing this. And I was like, I guess my values were your values for whatever it was. Yeah. You know, your perception of whomever I was at that time, you felt like you were sticking up for me and you're like, this is the right thing. Yeah. And to me that was important because you were doing something massively inconvenient yeah. and this is not like okay Lexi shows up once a week says hi to some people no, like, showing up every day and you're like no I want my account switched I want all this stuff like you like full bore said no I'm yeah. on this side like this is what I'm doing because of these reasons and then I brought people to you from Gilderland and you did bring people yeah you started yeah. like recruiting almost and not from Albany CrossFit but just like my friends who wanted to work out right you didn't like do that with like other members I didn't really know you I also think, didn't know the people at Albany. right and the ones that I did were already annoyed I was at CCP right so there so. was kind of I mean you kind of like chose your side in the rift it was kind of like a strange cold war at the time yeah it was kind of weird I mean and I didn't really see a big deal and I was like oh whatever I remember I went to like a um, Albany had a, uh, like a hero wad. I don't remember if it was like, it must've been Labor Day. For anybody who doesn't know what a hero wad, Sorry. back in my CrossFit days, that like they're named after, their workouts named after fallen soldiers or people who died in the line of service in some capacity. Right. So I went to one in big, Albany and I remember you picked me up and that was like the first time I ever met Ian because we went to Chipotle. I, this is a blur for me. So you're going to, I'm not, okay. I remember going to Chipotle, but I don't it was like the last like workout I ever did at Albany. And it, I went because, because it was a hero workout. Yeah. And Audrey was there and like, I had just did, um, what was that thing called? I have no idea. I'm trying, I'm no, uh, mission hope. So it was like, on which a, is a charity thing that was done. Yeah. yeah. So, and I was on a team. So like yeah. I went and like worked out with my team there or whatever. Uh, but yeah, that was like my last workout. But yeah, when I went into CCP, I felt like I was just being judged by the whole world. It was, and what, then I think, why? I don't know. I don't know. Which I ironically, they didn't care. They're like, right. Because they were all like. Maybe it was like a couple people I felt judged by. And then that just made me feel like overwhelmed because I didn't really know anyone. Well, you, you know? were also the youngest one. Like right. everybody in my else booty shorts. In your booty shorts. Whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but also you were. I mean, that's different. There's a bit of, there was an age gap, like a maturity gap, not from a sense like you weren't mature. I thought you were mature for your age, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was also something that was, a, I won't say it was a culture shock for me that much because I've already been working in the field for a while. But when I started, when we opened Clifton Park and the demographic that was up there it was, was like, older. well, it was families. Yeah. And it was people who had, you know, were more settled down. Albany was a lot younger. Yeah. 
more transient, like more people were trying to like find people to date, who they were, that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, people was, to date. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We'll call, yeah. You know, like <laughs> that was, kind, it was more of like that of the Clifton Park crowd was more, all right, I'm coming here. I'm connecting with some people, but like, I got a family and a job to go home to. Like right. I got stuff. So right. I could understand from your perspective of like, <clears throat> on paper I'm the outsider and I don't think it was like uh I think I went to like the noon class for a while mm -hmm. it was definitely not them because they were like the Mary Beths like the sweet moms that like I think would bake me want. cookies you know but like when I went to the evening well, she was classes, baking me cookies you happen to have some no her. she fell in love with me she did love you she yeah, does I don't love know what you're even you actually about. are you're much better at staying in touch with people I stay like, in touch with a lot of people yeah yeah I'm not good at that it's like if there's not like some I know you're terrible that's why you have me it's okay there, I, there's only like three people that I can maintain like just a I'm gonna pick up the phone and just talk routinely with yeah and it's I'm, just I, really difficult for me I don't know how you do it. you're always like bah, 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 bah. yeah well to people like I care to be, be that with you know there's probably people that I don't I don't know how to carry on just like little comfort that's just not a skill set just of a check-in anyway you're better at check-ins that's what I guess yeah. I'd call it yeah um yeah so she'd make me stop don't even get interested she made good, she made great cookies. But then when I went to the evening class, I felt like that's where like the judgment was. Really? Yeah. Hmm. But well, you just like everything else, you kind of just. I adapted to it and it was fine ever after time, over time. We also, when we started like dating, but we were like keeping it secret, we thought we were doing a really good job of keeping it secret, but then uh, apparently the whole gym knew. So we I weren't thought, actually. I still to this day think it was relatively secret. Yeah, but everyone has been like, no. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah. to me, it's like something that's important was like, that's always been important to me. Like there's not the whole idea of nepotism or prefer preferential treatment is like- I never got that. Well, that's something we'll, we'll clarify in a second, especially when we never. talk about you getting into coaching with us, with me, whatever uh, you want to call it. Um, yeah. Like I want everybody to feel like they're getting the appropriate attention, especially if they're paying for a service. Now you yeah. are paying client, other people in the room are paying clients, but like everybody deserves appropriate attention. So that's always been a big fear for mine. It's like, yo, that's not, that's not how this goes down. Like just because whether I'm dating somebody or not, like I can internally separate that. Like sure. you're going to get attention, but this other person getting attention. And that used to definitely drive me nuts as I've watched other coaches throughout my career, just yeah. from the distance, watch and be like, they give like one or two people special preferential treatment because it appeals to whatever they're trying to like sure. cozy up to in their life. You know, whether it's like, I want to be around the best athletes or I want to be around. It's like, I don't care who you are, how good you are at something. Yeah. I care that you're like a nice person and like you're coming here to do some work and everybody deserves that. You know, you deserve, especially if you're a paying client, you deserve your attention. So probably some of those things are when I hear those things are like, oh, I guess they just knew, but they hopefully they, they realized like everybody's going to get a fair shake. Yeah. I think they were also pretty protective of me too at that time. I think everybody yeah, kind of knew like I was in a bit of a fragile state, whether I kind of openly talked about it or not. And this cute new girl. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. Right. You know. Um, so then we became serious and you were there as part of, you were right there. I saw my timelines are a little bit, but I mean, basically it was a year of this kind of stalemate. Yeah. And then the next year you were there as part of the transition to the new space, right? Yeah. Yep. 
but you weren't, co- had I been asking you about coaching at that point? <laughs> you asked me to coach in at CCP. I'll never forget this day. There's like specific ne- memories that like, I just never forget. I'm like so specific in my mind, but you, I don't know what you like came into the office and there was a bunch of us sitting there and I was, um, I think I was sitting on like the, remember you had like those massage tables yep. in the office at CCP. I was like sitting on one of those. I think I was like talking to Ian and Donald and there's other people in the room and you came and you leaned on the door in like your little sassy way. And you're like, you want to start coaching? And I was like, uh, I answered you so quickly. No. And you were like, your face was like, really? Do <laughs> you think I was going to say yes? No, I don't want to coach. And I think you tried again and I said, no. And then you kind of let it be for a while. And then when you talked about a kid's program, I was like, okay, I can get behind that. But the kid's program was not until... See, that was not until... Um, purebred days yeah. when I moved over to the new space. Right. But like you didn't ask... I don't think you really asked me again because I said no so firmly twice that you were like, okay. Right. I guess she said no. Were you ever curious as why I thought you should coach? No, but you can tell me now. I can tell you now. <laughs> so there's a lot of people... I like to believe that I have a decent read on who would be a good coach. I have a firm belief I could take anybody from zero to decent coach. Decent. Like, to become great, that's a you thing. Like, there's not much. You have to be massively obsessed with it. But, like, to get somebody to a place where somebody would feel comfortable shelling out money and saying, I'll attend your class or, you know, do a session with you, it doesn't take much. Like, people think it's a lot more glamorous than it is, but the number one thing that people don't realize when it comes to coaching in general, especially when we're talking about fitness, we'll call it fitness, but this really lifestyle change. You need to f- make somebody feel comfortable. Yeah. And if you're not a personable person, I wouldn't even think of you as a coach in the first place, right? Right. You could be decent at moving and some of those things and that's fine. That gets enough people to turn their heads and you were good, but you had a little more, so you had some of the movement background, which is like, okay, it's easier for somebody to buy in on that. You're in shape. But the most important thing was you were nice to people mm-hmm. and you were not, you didn't discriminate from the people that walked in the door. You were just nice and you made them feel like they were at home. And that. Can you write me a lot of recommendations so I can go coach somewhere else? <laughs> sure. I'll gladly write a catcher. I would write a recommendation in general. And, you know, I say, or we'll get into that, how I t- coached you on yeah. becoming a coach in a second. This is why I like that we prefaced the nepotism slash preferential treatment thing is a no-go in my world. Yeah. Right? You need to, if you're going to get my respect on something like a professional front, it's coming off of merit and doing the work. And I do remember like when I first started coaching and like Sarah would attend my classes, I was very comfortable, like giving her cues, obviously. And I don't think it was even my class at this point. I think it was um, like shadowing you. I don't think I was on my, on my own yet. Um, and I remember you giving me that feedback, like don't start giving one person the attention just because you're comfortable talking to them like and you gave me the advice of say everyone's name twice in class like make sure you say like you talk to every single person twice you know I'm gonna give credit though that's not a me thing I actually borrowed that from Dean Lieber so because we started it but you gave me that feedback and I was like yeah and so credit to you Dean if you're listening or anybody (laughs) who's listening so He's a great coach, guys, if you're looking for somebody. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know what he's doing now. I right? haven't touched base in a while, but I know he still coaches in some capacity. Yeah. Anyway, that and was one of his things. you gave me that feedback, and I was yeah. like, okay, I'm never going to. So I, every single class, I made sure I talked to everyone. At least twice. That was like the bare minimum. Now, I'm a very talkative person. This is why my classes always went over, because I would just start, like, talking with my class. and Or I was teaching too much or some whatever. So 
yeah, I, it just always stuck with me. For anybody listening, this is an important like segue here, not yeah. a segue, just a sidebar, side note, whatever it is. Do you know the most important word in the in any in any language? Hi. Your name. Oh crap, I'm so close. And that's the reason why that cue works. Now this is me elaborating off of that, right? Because at the end of the day, everybody is the center of their own universe. Sure. And that's not like it sounds like uh, like a negative egocentric when I say that, but it's not. Once you understand like at the end of the day, like we're all about survival and like we are the only person that's walking around with ourselves all day long. When somebody acknowledges your name as you being part of their universe, like you were important enough to be somewhere near the center of my other, another universe, i.e. mine or yours or whatever, it immediately brings somebody close to you. So saying it, not just once, because once is like a drop in the bucket, but twice, it's like, I said your name once, this is almost like a formality. Saying it again shows no, I'm still thinking about you. Like you weren't just a, 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 a fleeting thought. And that's why that works yeah. so very well. So if you're a coach or you're, you know, I think of coaching and leadership and just a broad spectrum, it, it crosses so many boundaries. Um, so if it's your a business owner or a teacher or anything, using people's names, and which is funny because I'm terrible with names. Like I forget names. I have to say, it. I have like practice. I'll say somebody's names 10 times to remember it. It's real, it's for real really not a good thing but that's because I I'm great with names was shaking hands and kissing babies with a lot of people all the time like it would be difficult now on the flip side you tell me nine things about you you know and five years later I'll remember it if I saw you randomly at a bar like oh my knee was this my knee was messed uh, up in high yeah, school. You'll do that, yeah. I'll remember like context about you but your name is something that just like for whatever reason is very difficult for me anyway okay beyonding oh my gosh tired of dealing with me already no. shocking so Okay, so we're back into coaching now. Okay, we're back there. We're back into you coaching. Yeah. So enough of that, enough of me. So that was the reason why I thought you'd be a good coach. Okay. Because you were personable, personable. and you were kind. That was always that. I'm like, I can fill in the blanks. I can teach you how to teach somebody else. <laughs> you didn't think I could teach a squad? No, the technical, <laughs> no, that's just a technical skill and it's just a, it's a sequence, right? And if you're intelligent enough and, and you practice enough. Yeah, I used to write down all my cues. Well, that was another part, like, so you had an education background. So it's like, okay, you formally have been taught how to teach people in some capacity. That's a transferable skill. Yeah. But much like we just talked about, like, there's a lot of teachers hate their job. You might know all the technical stuff in the world, but if you don't care enough to communicate with somebody, that's not going anywhere. But right. you were like passionate about teaching. You know, yes. in those first couple of years, we didn't see each other that much. You know, like it was hard. We had to, we had to work hard to see each other. Well, also we were living together. So that was hard. That was why it was so hard too. Right. We so we weren't together. living together. And even when we were, you were taking, you were doing your master's at one point. You know, and working full time. Working full time. another job, job too. You know, and I had the business that, you yeah. know, both busy, but you did make time for that. So make like, time for coaching? For coaching. Well, that, oh, to yeah. me, that's like. Well, it was a priority at the time. Right. So as I'm saying all this stuff, like. I got you to decent enough. The rest of it was mostly you. It was just, you had to care enough to keep going. Yeah. And, and I there's think, a lot of people who stop. Sure. And I do think that in the beginning, I was like, all right, I'll coach because it's a business and we're in this relationship and I want to support him. But when I actually got into coaching, then I realized, oh, wait, no, I actually do very much enjoy this. Was there like a person that you're like, wow, I had a, a moment with them or like- you I think it was different? every single person. Right. You know, I loved showing up for 
I loved having like my specific classes because like those people knew I was going to like show up for them. And then they were going to show like, we were, even though I was the coach, like I was their accountability. Um, like Venice Kennedy one day called me, texted me and said like, sorry, I'm not coming to the gym. And I immediately called her. I was like on my way home from school, going to change quick before I was going to go coach. And I'm like, why are you not coming? And she had some like very like little, it was not like a good enough excuse for me to be like, okay, you're not coming. I was like, nope, go put on your clothes. I'll see you in like 30 minutes. And sure enough, she did. So I think it's not like one specific person. It's like a little bit of everyone that I've ever been able to just help in whatever way. I'm a little bit told that you and Venice and obviously Todd and, and Gavin have this amazing relationship right. now. So, right. And we did then, we did then too, but. Um, so let's talk about then. I don't even remember how I onboarded you into coaching. Uh, I do. It was foundations. My first foundations class was with Paul. <laughs> so what did I have you do? Were you just oh, shadow- I'm sorry. My um, yes, I shadowed Jenna for a very long time, like a couple. Um, I would say like a couple foundations. So we we got to make sure people have context. A foundations I called class. It, when you started, all names called on ramp. Oh, or boot camp. No, boot, boot camp. camp yeah. Well, for a while it was called on ramp. Well, called boot camp. These are just interchangeable names for these were introductory programs to get people ready. Now, mind you, when I started Albany, there was maybe like some one time that people were showing up and like, they were kind of like, like Albany was still kind of, it's like figuring itself out place. There wasn't anything formal. And what do you mean for bootcamp? For how people got, it was mostly like show up for a class. Hey, there's this one time that we're teaching some of the basics that people can show up to. Okay. But you started nothing. So it became that it's like, Hey, we're going to start because we just didn't have the manpower. Like, like he had, um, his girlfriend at the time who was helping out and there was a couple other coaches, but like they had other stuff, they had other things. I was an intern who had just time and I had like, this is what I'm doing. I want to do with my life. So basically for whatever reason, and I'd already taken my level one. So like there was, I guess, a, and I was passionate about CrossFit. I'd been doing it for about a year or so myself still didn't know when I asked for my ankles, but now I'm interning, do all these things. And then it was like, okay, so now people, you're going to start with Caleb. Like we're going to kind of try some onboarding thing. And I was like, what do I, what should I teach? And I was like, so just teach like the time nine foundational movements. Obviously as time went on, I started changing what my idea of things should be, the way things should be, but basically kind of just made my, made it up as I went along. Sure. And then after a while, I was like, we need more time because people weren't like ready, ready for classes, especially as we got busier. Like it was when you have 20, 30 people in a class, you can't just say, hey, just show up. Right. Can you? Do people do that? Sure. But it's in my scary. opinion, well, yeah. Can it be done? Are there some people that can pull it off? Sure. But to me, running business is like there needs to be a simple, consistent process for all of that. And either one of two things. You simplify the general programming enough that people just do the same thing, which in gen pop, I think it people overdo stuff I think by him. Did you say gen pop? General population. So yeah. Usually you would hate when I would say the gen pop. The gen pop. Anyway, use the word. It's just a word. Um but it's not easy to special like to help give high level service across the board, right? Because there's it's you're you're getting every end of the spectrum in the same room and that's not necessarily going to give you the most consistent thing. Especially if somebody's brand new, there's other insecurities that are going on that most people don't pay attention to. So I eventually moved to start develop like, and this you know, it was not just me alone, but like I was taking on 99% of all the new people that would come through to start with that three session thing. Oh, and it was just kind of like yeah. thrown that like, it was, this is free. Like you get these three, I think, I, I think we called them on, on ramp at the time, onboarding. I don't remember. Then these three private sessions with people 
then build like it's like how do we we have all these people coming in and my schedule is just crazy and like random like why don't we just put it at the same time here's this two-week program yeah we did that for a while and then i was pushing for a long time like two weeks is still not long enough we need a four-week thing and that we finally like broke stayed out of the month right and that's and that, when i joined and there's boot, that was boot camp for a month now movements change over time my philosophies on how to teach movement what's important all those different things change over time but i eventually changed i thought the word foundations is more appropriate which is irrelevant at this point so so that's what foundation is that's what foundations is more or less it's an onboarding <laughs> program but for us it was like here's the culture that we have as well like that to me is important so people have a, a normalized procedure to understand what the culture and what's expected of them what's the terminology so you feel like when you walk into a general pop class that that was at the time before you know where we are now they felt safe and comfortable enough and to walk through the door yeah not yeah they're not gonna be a master of anything they're no. not gonna be an expert but like you can it's so, it soothes the transition so yeah. you came in and you were shadowing so jenna was coaching all those at the time right i was kind of like i think uh yeah i think she was in charge of foundations right so we had a class at that time yeah i think there was like, three like days a week right something like that yes there okay. was like evening and morning i think a couple of times and i just did the evening yeah okay so you were shadowing yes and then I think I shadowed some of your classes, maybe like actual classes. Okay. I don't remember. Um, and then, you know, you just kind of like student teaching, right? You just slowly took over things and then got feedback on it. So you're like, I'm going to teach this thing. I'm going to teach that thing. Blah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. What was it like being under my tutelage? Because you would come home and the coaching, the learning process didn't end. Never. Never. I, uh, what was it like? Well, you know, going through it, sorry, my eyes are so watery in the mornings. It's just, this is what it is. So I just keep dabbing for a minute. Um, going through it, obviously, I felt like it was like, <clears throat> not the end of the world, just being a little dramatic, but it was- You're pretty dramatic at some points. Because you didn't stop. Like there's no stopping point for Caleb. It was just, I'm gonna keep grilling and grilling and grilling. like. We, first of all, we would get home very late. And like you said, I had other things going on. Like I was teaching. Um, I don't think I was teaching at the time yet. I think I was already coaching uh, independently when I was had my first teaching job at St. Mary's. But I had school. I think I worked at Lululemon part-time. I, I feel like I had like 20 things going on, whatever. So I had other obligations I had to do. And probably most of it was like my schoolwork. And you just wouldn't stop and shut up. Like okay, we're home now. We're eating dinner late. I still have shit to do after I go and shower. Like it's not, I get to go to bed. It's okay. Now I have to go do more work. And you just would continue to like give feedback and just like comment and say, you can do this. Or like, what about this? Or how about this person? Or can you do this now too? And I remember just being like, oh my God, it's like never ending. So obviously during that time, I thought you were being a real pain in the ass, but after as I look back on it, it really made me, I think, a decent coach, a good coach. So, and a coach that enjoyed coaching. Like I genuinely enjoyed going and coaching every day. Um, and we both of us had pretty long days when I was coaching independently. I will openly say. 12 hour days, five days a week. I will openly say I was more brutal on you than anybody else. You were terrible. Yeah. And then when he would give, when you would give feedback too, it was like cut not cut. nice. Yeah. Cut. Yeah. It was just yeah yep not nice 
to the point like where I was saying like you either listen to this or you don't coach anymore like get out and I think a couple times I was like fine I don't want to coach and I said cool don't. <laughs> and I think that's scared you. you're like no because I was dead serious now to give you some understanding it comes back to that nepotism or preferential treatment thing I know just by simple virtue of the fact dating engaged yeah married yeah. to the owner they're gonna look at you yeah, you would tell me that. Of a lot. no consequence other than that relationship of their own, be like, that's all she did. Right. And I think that was the thing you were always so worried about. You're like, people are just going to think I just gave this to you. Now, everyone behind the scenes, like an Ian, a Donald, Ryan, you know, even at, when he was coming on, like these, clo- the people closest to us were like, wow, no, Kayla was actually t- like very hard on Lexi. But like the outside world would, like everyone else, the generic coach in our building would not have known that unless they witnessed it firsthand, which I will say you were pretty respectful. Like you would do it behind closed doors or in front of like, um, you got comfortable with like Ryan, because I think Ryan was like big brother type to me. Well, so plus I did. also wanted to know, Ryan was the closest I was to being as tough on as I was on you. Yes. I would agree with that. You, and all the other coaches would like fly by like things they would do in class. I was like, if I just did that, I would have like gotten my, my shit handed to me. I'd be in so much trouble. Yeah, that was probably, that was definitely a flaw of my own. And well, I, I think it just gave me resentment towards everyone because I was like, okay, well, nothing that I'm going to do here, he's going to be happy with. He's going to tell me I did something wrong, but like three other coaches just did the same thing that, you know what I mean? When I look back, I think deep down, I knew a lot of situations were not going to be long-term. Sure. And you're being held to a lot, like. A long-term standard. I'll take it. Right. And that's. And like I said, in the, t- during that time, I was annoyed and frustrated but if you those were fast forward if, some of those are me things, if you sure. fast forward three years though like I did have one of the popular classes attend like you did something right because I I did end up being successful you know and whether people liked you or not you had their respect like nobody could say Lexi's not a good coach that was important to me like yeah. You know, Ryan looked up to you as a coach of like, wow, this is how she does things. Yeah. You know, and that was important. And that was and mind tough you, on my classes. Yeah. But like considering, and this is something you always had like this insecurity around. It's like, I don't have a certification. I don't have this. Yeah. Other thing you still talk about sometimes to this day. It's like, do I need this? I'm like, and I just was talking to Ryan the other day, actually, because we haven't talked in a little bit. And he gives me this compliment. I was like, yeah, you should get into coaching development because we took the level one. We didn't even study for this thing. And I'm like, that's the whole point. Yeah. Like you had time under tension, which is exactly what I did. You know, I was just around Jay when I was doing my internship, an ungodly amount of time. Jay was not super nice with his critique of me. And it was just, but I give Jay the credit of, he said like, here, I'm throwing you to the wolves, deal with it. Like, yeah. And there was a time, the first time I ever coached a class by myself, I coached by, by gum bad. And I fucking, you told me this, you like bombed, bombed. it. Like I bombed. It was about half hour, maybe 35 minutes into class. We hadn't even organized for the workout. And this thing is a fifth, what, 15 minutes long? Yeah. Thing is. Things not set up. There's a lot of setup to do. He wanders in because this is his first test, probably about 35, 40 minutes in and um, comes in to tell me, you know, comes in to just see what's going on. And you could just see the, like the, oh God, in his eyes. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm bombing this. Like, this is not working out. He comes in, whatever, blah, 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 sets things up a few minutes later. Like it gets done with probably run 10 minutes behind. And I'm like ashamed. Like I suck. <laughs> I never had that experience. Oh, but to his credit, like he's just like, yeah, like 
It's gonna uh, we didn't really have, I don't even think we really had a conversation about it. I think I just owned up to it, but like, yeah, that sucked. Like, I feel like garbage. And I'm, I don't even know. I think maybe that happened. I could be completely wrong <laughs> making that up. Um, I just know that's how I felt. And to his credit, he just was like, sure. Just, it, I don't think he said anything. He's just like, I want to coach again. And like, but like every night for me, I, I just was studying like all the time. Like this is this. Yeah. I was like, this is unacceptable. And that was that was just me. Well, was that like, was your like turning point. Uh, yeah, like, and I think I've told you before. Like, there's a lot of things I school I didn't try. I didn't yeah. try hard at all, and I just got A's. I never studied. Like, I could just sit and absorb information, and be fine, and I would just pass and do fine. Same thing happened in college. Maybe I studied a little bit here and there, fine, but like didn't really try hard. And I did okay. Same thing happened with athletics. Like I was decent enough, could always get by, get usually get on picked for the teams. Fine. Yeah. This is the first time like I bombed something. I'm like, oh, I kind of care about this. And this is not okay. And I couldn't just show up and do it. So I had to like care. Now, looking back, especially I see this as a long-term thing. In the beginning, like I'm in a different place in my life now, or like I want to see a lot of upfront work from somebody to see how much they actually care by the time I'm gonna step in. You know, so like you gotta go suffer on your own. And let's talk then, right? Yeah. From you, already was invested in a lot of things long-term. And for me, I thought a lot of everything I'm teaching you is going to transfer into your professional life, whether it's coaching or not. Like you were never going to be coaching fitness full-time. Like I already knew you loved teaching. Yeah. No matter what I tried to do or, you know, we can talk about how I want us to build a school together and all those other things. Um, I wanted you to be able to have the skill sets that I learned from coaching because it, I treated it like teaching. Like you need to set a room, you need to set an environment, you need to set an intention, yeah. you need to set all those things. This is you getting better as a teacher. And most people would say I'm massively biased and think you're like, oh, he's gonna say, of course his wife is a great teacher. No, I've watched you. You can't fake what you do. And this yeah. is just a compliment just because Thanks. I've watched it. And you have like glowing remarks from your principal because I know your principal, like, across the board but that's because you care enough yeah so I didn't have to like push the rest of it it just had to be that upfront stuff of like in the beginning you were afraid don't have I'm young right yeah there's a list of, there's a list of things I'm I was younger coaching people like twice your, yeah right twice my age yeah I had a similar thing right I had a one client she I was like I don't know how to talk to adults because I just had a, I had issues with like reverence of like I shouldn't be telling somebody older than me what to do you know like I respect your elders kind of thing but there was this one woman, I think she's in her 60s at the moment, I was like, I'm just going to get to know how to talk to her. And I was just like, start flirting or whatever, <laughs> just like build that relationship, Classic. you know? And I'll give you that credit too. Like I have a flirtatious vibe, mostly to kind of just like bridge the gap with people and like make them feel silly and fun and all that. Like, and you know, not like fake. I just like, I genuinely like to just like play around. Just and a flirtatious me. But you never took that as like, oh, he's trying to get with people. Cause it's not like, it's not at all. No, who like, asked me one time? Someone, asked, someone said something like, oh, I remember this. It was when we first started dating. No, we weren't even dating. Sorry, we're, we were just friends, I think. Um, and someone thought that you were into them, okay? And uh, I was talking to, it was Audra and Jimmy, her then boy, guy friend, whatever. And <laughs> they said like, you know, Caleb's really into me, blah, blah, blah. He's very flirtatious. And I was like, he would flirt with Jimmy too. Like he flirts with everyone. Like I took it as like. I think he said that. No, I said that. And yeah. Jimmy was, um, or I don't think Jimmy was there. I think Audra had texted Jimmy and said like, 
this, you know, told him the scenario or maybe she was on the phone. I don't really remember, but he was like, yeah, he does. He, or no, he said he flirts with me. And I was like, that's what I said. Like, we all agreed. Like you just, we flirt with the youngest person in the room. You flirt with the oldest person. Legal. Not youngest. I shouldn't Let's say like that, but that you know shit. what I mean. You're you gonna, know what I mean. I'm going to you talk to you. The, I'm the guy over there and you flirt with the girl over there. Like you have no, you have no boundaries. You just, and it's not like, yeah. I mean, I think there's a difference between like your cute flirtatious, like I'm trying to make you feel welcomed and loved and like flirting as in like, yeah, you're trying to be with someone or get with someone. There's it's definitely nice. a difference. There's a difference between those. Yeah, right. for sure. All this comes back around to like, you my hope was that you could see that like you can become good without needing everybody's validation from a piece of paper. Sure. Wait, back to the, to the, to the flirting thing. What? I did think you remember, I was like, I think you scared that person off because you were flirting with them. I think maybe. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. It was like, I was trying to like be good with like, cause I was on like an accountability kick with something like that. Cause I, again, like the, the oh my general God, it was check-ins. Like, I, was like, yeah. I was like, I'm just following up with stuff like this. I'm like, what's going on? Like, I don't get this. I don't understand. And you're like, <laughs> your gut reaction was like they probably think you're flirting with them and like, they're probably so uncomfortable because they know me so they probably were trying to like i'm like i don't i don't, I don't just very I, funny because i think and i'm I, here talking to you about it. like i have no idea what you're talking about well i don't think it's how um like obviously i knew how you were and you know how you are but sometimes like if you go to a person who's um just like maybe more insecure or like not understanding how you really are, they could take it as like, oh, maybe he likes me. You know? Gotcha. Which of course, <laughs> my intent is like none of that. It's just so funny. Which is funny. Because I really was like, I think she left because she thinks you're flirting with her for real. I don't even, I don't remember who this is to be honest with you. Anyway, Doesn't which matter. is funny. You know, I, funny. I don't even know. But um, back to coaching. Sorry. It was very sad. Well, I mean, that was good feedback from you because it's just something I'm like, I try to make everybody feel welcome in one way, shape, or form, you know, right. like. You're very innocent about it. You're not like, it's just funny because other people can take it. And there's not been many people who do. Like most people, you have built such a relationship with everyone. Like when we have the gym, you built such a good relationship with everyone. Everyone knew who, how you were. But an outside person like coming in for the first time, they might be like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Like his wife is right there and he's story. Like, no, it's not the case. Well, I think you understood. Like I was that way in front of you because like you got nothing to worry about. Well, yeah, but I'm just, it, I'm just generally it, me and like, this is not changing. Like, yeah, but it wasn't thing. like an intimacy flirt again. No, it was it like, I'm going to make, I don't know. You're just you. I don't know. I can't change. Like, Hey girl, you're looking good. Yeah. There, see, thing. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Work it. Exactly Work it. Yeah. <laughs> or like he puts the, the arm around you. That and then was... he gets weird. It's like, you're really, if you're, if you're close to him, then he gets weird and everyone just rolls their eyes. Yeah, but that's just because they're my friends. I right. like I like to just annoy them. The same way I like to annoy you. Um, just to poke. But yes, all of those cute coaching things came in handy for the real world. For yeah. and I miss coaching. I'm more. saying all those things because I want. That's one of the things that I hope. I don't know why I have a thing around it, but like that was important to me that you. Do you remember the first time you ever gave me a coaching compliment? Because I do. I don't. It was probably, probably something my, simple. No, you told me, I'll tell you the story. We were leaving the gym late at night. I keep thinking this is like my phone lighting up, but it's just white. Thank God it's not your phone. I don't even know where it is. Um, but I keep thinking of it. That's why I keep looking at it. Um, 
we were leaving the gym late at night. I had just coached like two classes in a row. And I don't know why, I don't know where the other coaches were. It was like just you and I, I think. I don't, I don't really remember those specifics, but we were leaving the gym and I was doing a stupid lock on the door. That was so hard to do for me and locking the door for us. And you like stopped what we were doing. You're like, that was a phenomenal class. Like you just gave me like the best compliment. I'm like, I'm like you told me I did a great job coaching the class. You're like, that's the best, the best you've been. And I like slammed the door shut and I turned around. I was like, did you just give me a compliment? Because it was like the first time you ever said, good job, Lexi. You just did a good class. But it was like, you had specific words you, it was just very meaningful at that point. Yeah, I don't think. And I then you it. were hard on me for another like three months before I got another. <laughs> yeah, but that's you know I've taken that from a couple other things. Actually, Ian taught me a lot of that because Ian's not somebody super like big on just um, he doesn't just roll out compliments easily either. And that's something like with him, I value a lot of my friendship when he gives me a compliment on something. He like really challenges me. I think yeah. Ian. Ian looks at me and is like, Caleb, you have more in you. Stop settling for nonsense. Like, yeah. And I see. So the same. I have Ian to blame. Well, it's not a blame thing. <laughs> it's like Ian to pre- like the same thing. It's kind of like this trickle down effect that I learned from him, you know, and the same thing. I started to practice that, you know, Ryan was the uh, kind of, we had a few sequence of coaches that didn't last too long afterwards. You know, I've taken a lot of people under my wing at this point. I've failed a lot as a coaching mentor, if you That's want. Sure. Yeah, I failed a lot. Um, and he was probably the closest I got, but I mean, again, remember like you were, had a guy who was looking up to you who athletic trainer, so got a college degree, he's got a CSCS, he's got, you know, he can, he knows all the scientific jargon he get, but he would look to you for like, how do I coach a class? How do I coach this person? And like, you're just this person who's been in the trenches with me dealing with my stuff <laughs> and then he would come to my class and be like I can't believe you just said that to them <laughs> right because well, I would be so sassy but you were inc- not confident at all in the to beginning. start yeah you know, I wanted to give up at once I'll never right. forget the person that was annoying me that I had to it was a client and I was like I'm not coaching anymore just cannot connect with this woman <clears throat> and then you were like I think you like told me no you're like no it'll be fine <laughs> I was like, no, I really don't want to coach anymore. It's because coaching has very little to do with the X and O's, has more about the ability to just like listen and yeah. hear and to acknowledge, right? Like, you know, you probably started to pick up a lot on like body language. You're one of those people who are like, I can just tell. Like that's yeah, that's something you say feelings. all the time. But like, that's not from being a coach and like teaching people stuff. It's from, I cared enough to pay attention about you and your general behaviors, right? Somebody walks in a little slouched somebody look, walks in, just looks like they're not as perky as their usual self. Like yeah. that might be the person, all they need today is a hug yeah. and to be told. Good job. Maybe good Whatever. job or maybe just like, hey, I see you. Like, yeah. how's your day? They him. needed to just have like a conversation and feel like they are not less than zero in the world. You know, like, because most people don't actually get asked, how's your day today? Most people go day to day nobody actually asks them that they're, how's it, how they're doing. So you did that naturally. That's kind of like a gift you started in the beginning when you were nervous and insecure about your coaching ability. Yeah. You didn't let that part of you shine through. Sure. Well, yeah. You were, but to me, that was important. And that's, that's really speaks to a lot of those things. Um, So let's fast forward now to 2020. 2020. Heck of a year. Yeah. Careful with the table. You're shaking the thing again. Um, oh, you need to fix it. Yes, dear. I will absolutely do that. Um, 
what has 2020 been like for you? Well, <clears throat> I think I was very annoyed in the beginning. Don't like being shut down. Don't like being told I can't go somewhere. Just don't like being told what to do in general. Shocking. You were the greatest coaching mentee ever. Teasing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were like, it was not easy coaching. It was actually very difficult. You were very difficult. I didn't say I wasn't, but I had. I think I, I was like trying to train him. Like, no, this is how you give feedback. This is what they tell you in school. <laughs> like, what it take? I was like, that might be what it says by the book. <laughs> this is what it says in real life. Oh, well, like, try. And the biggest problem was he wouldn't let us, let us have a gym dog. And then you know when we could have a gym dog? 2019. Do you know when that ended? Poor try. So you don't like being told what to do. Yes. You don't, you don't so, like having your routine disturbed. Yes. I'm a, I thrive in routine. Even if I have 12 hour days, I do better with that than like not having structure. But in quarantine, I obviously had to like, I could never be a person to work from home, nor would I want to. Like, I, like we talked about in the beginning, right? I genuinely like get like getting up, having coffee and going to work. It's just my jam. Like it a lot. Um, but and I had to make a routine for myself. So I did. So I'd like get up and I'd get my coffee and I'd like get, I would get ready every day in quarantine. Like I was going to work. Um, Ty. And then I would just go on the computer and be on the computer all day for my kids. But I think I was annoyed at first, but I think it taught both of us. I think 2020 was an opportunity for us to grow together rather than, do I have hair in my face? No, but you keep covering your mouth with your hands. So I'm like, people aren't going to be able to hear you. Yes, they are. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Um, Ty's like shutting on me. <clears throat> um, so I, th I think it was an opportunity for us to grow together like this, instead of like, Caleb's up here and like Lexi's growing to meet him. You know what I mean? Right, because I'm, that was actually, I mean, that was a bit of a, we'll call it a struggle for us. Like there was a seven year, six, seven year age gap. Right, and you had been us. through things. Right. And to Ian's credit, he'd be like, yeah, well, remember you're dating someone six years younger. So you have to be aware that they're not going through that yet or whatever the case may be. And that'll continue to go on as we grow and get older, right? Um, but yeah, I think I found my values. That was very important. That was one of the first things you decided on. Yeah. Well, because you were so set in stone in your values for a while at this point. Why are you smirking? I'm just listening. <laughs> are you smirking because they're the same? No, I was not even thinking. I'm literally just listening to you. So every time I would come up with like, Kayla gave me the advice of, because I had trouble like finding out what I really cared about <clears throat> other than like my passion of teaching that like in the world. And what I valued. So Caleb was like, well, think of things that you hate and then like find the opposite of that. So I would like have epiphanies randomly through, through quarantine and be like, oh my God, I hate when someone does this. So like, this is my value. So for example, um, I hate when people don't have manners, like keep the door open for someone when they're walking behind you, say please and thank you, say good morning, smile, like just common like manners. I was like, I hate when people don't do those things. And I think it's rude. So I was like, okay, I guess respect is a value of mine. Right? Right. I'm trying to think of like another, but I remember like that one specifically. I was like, I hate when people don't have manners. I absolutely hate it. Like say thank you. Say please. Golden rule, right? Do unto others. 
Yeah, which I took a class this semester that was like, that's not a good rule to have. Because is it really teaching you something? Which I agree with. I understand that. But like at the end of the day, be a kind human to someone and like, you know. Right. So, yeah. I think the interesting part though is, and the reason why I tell you, find the thing that you truly despise. Yeah. Go to the opposite. Yeah. Now you have to like define. What you don't like. No. Well, no. not only do you have to find what you don't like, that's, that's easy. It's easy to say what you don't like. It's it, stuff in life just will bother you, right? We all, it, it's, we are no shortage of things that will bother us, no matter what. It's really hard to say what really, really matters on yeah. the flip side. And especially, and I think the reason why that comes down to is I think that we are afraid of once we define what the highest end of that spectrum is of like the highest quality of that we're afraid that now we have to uphold that standard and that's difficult because now you can't claim hypocrisy you can't claim ignorance you say no i know it i've defined it now i have to live by it yeah and that's hard because especially something like being respectful that's not in just like one sector of your life right if you're going to be respectful at work fine but like what if you're disrespectful in your relationships at home you come home and you're not the same way yeah if you're not respectful of your friends like you're not gonna keep like it's it transcends uh, the the box of what you say like this is where i have to do certain things careful you know like so many people have this professional and personal personal personas that they put on they're fake at work yeah. or they're fake at home like one or the other yeah I'm not down with that. Like to me, be authentic. I've never decided like I'm going to be different in one place than the other. It's just going to be, you're going to get the same thing. And that's- Yeah, important. manners are just, I don't know why, they're just very important to me. I still say thank you to you. Like when you go out and get food for us, I'll say thank you. And you're like, why are you saying thank you? I'm like, it's polite to do. Do it as it is. I love elderly people because you know what they do when you walk by? They smile, they say hello. They hold the door for you. You can hold the door for them because they thank you when they do it. Millennials, they just like look at you. I'm like, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Do you know what those words mean? I always say my fifth graders, I don't know why, but you know, I'm very like, just say please and thank you. Like use your manners. And they do. I don't even have to like ask them. They're cute kids. I know. I have a good class. I didn't get to I meet them. Good... I haven't gotten to meet them this year because obviously the quarantine and COVID and whatever. Yeah. But the kids last year are very sweet. Yeah. I've gotten very lucky with my classes. They've been great. To congrat, uh, congratulate you to. I'm trying to think of another value that like I really just couldn't stand. Growth mindset. Oh no, the no, one was actionable. You really didn't like that one. What do you mean? That was your last one. Like actions speak louder than oh, words. You're like, yes, oh, that, yeah. yeah. Okay, I knew there was like another. To get people understanding about. what Lexi's trying to make fun of right now is she thought I was trying to craft her values to be the same as mine. <laughs> I have a little shtick, right? If you listen to, I think it's episode five, kind of my guiding principles. These are basically uh, the mindsets and the values I hold dear, right? How do you get to, that's not necessarily my values, but it's like kind of the ways of I get, how do I get there? And how do I live in, uh, as an authentic, like harmonious human being? And I call it royal, right? So it's like a royal mindset or my royal principles and it's respect. Be respectful, be optimistic, yearn to grow. That was the one I was like. I basically said yearn to grow because you I needed, needed, I needed yeah. a cute way of saying. No, but you, oh, oh you're, yeah, but you are. To me, it's like this too. desire to growth, right? Yeah. Now, a lot of people just grow for the sake of growing, which is not necessarily right because that can, that's for another conversation of the day. But then there's 
be actionable, actionable and then be loyal, right? Loyal. And loyal was a big one for me too. That one was easy for you. Like you bookended the respect and the loyal like almost immediately. I was like, makes sense, right? Now, I knew all along. That we had similar values? Well, yeah, we wouldn't be together at this point if we didn't have similar values. Right. So you didn't just, right. you just didn't, it's one of those, you don't like being told what to do. Right. I so find I just, it on my own. You had to find it on your own. But actionable, that was a big one. Yeah, you're right. That was like but my once, feisty for one. For whatever reason, you, it clicked when you said actions speak louder. I'm like, yeah, duh. You're like, you that's gotta, actual. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, to me, that's what, that's how I define it, right? Like, so you had to go, if however you need to get there. And, you know, it was just kind of finding, to me, if we don't have a common language about how we're going to interact as a couple, right. which I think is important for everybody, I've learned. And, but you're you know, right. Her, like, that's, yeah, I hate when people don't follow through. Right. Even right. if you do a shitty job, follow through you as somebody's like intent right if they did a good job uh, did their best right you right. Val you value their their effort and their intent and you give you give them another chance to like go again <laughs> yeah. right to make, make better on it right yeah and which I, is the nature of being a teacher because you watch yeah. your kids quote unquote fail all the time it's like well of course they need to fail because sure, then they, they can learn. learn how they can learn yeah i will give props to my mom honey it's gonna move until you fix it so just it's fine i will give props to my mother sassy woman that she is she Mama's. um yeah when she, when i was younger i'd be like will you promise you'll do this like i i'd make i try to make her promise to do something for me and she would be so firm and say i'm not promising I, like i'm not gonna make a promise i can't i might not be able to keep and i feel like sometimes you say that to me and i get annoyed but it's the truth like i'd rather her say that well, and then their word right where my dad would always be like yeah i'll do that for you <laughs> you know because he wanted to just make me happy where maybe he didn't always have the follow through because of work or whatever. But my mom would always say like, no, I'm not going to promise something that. Which is the can't. same thing. That's the reason why a compliment from me in this, like we'll call it something you care about means something Yeah, because you're not just getting lip service just right. to appease you every single time you have a right bad feeling, right? Like if you're just upset, right? Like it's right. holding you to a standard of like, this is the standard that you care about. I'm holding you to that. It's not, it's more about you, right? It's a kind of a sense of, it's an accounting system. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just actionable. Yeah. I appreciated because, you know, we've talked <laughs> a lot about like feelings and stuff like that and like diving deep on who we are and what do you want for I yourself. My only one, I've told you a thousand times and I've told, you know, other people that are in our inner circle, like one of my biggest concerns with our gap in age and also our gap in like, I was single for a while and I got to figure out some things on my own. Yeah. And that was really, really, really valuable to me. My fear, because we talk a lot about independence, interdependence, and um, dependence, where right? I was like, uh, I don't want, my fear is like, I want you to know who you are devoid of me. Yeah. And that's really important because I don't feel like I can provide the same support to you if you weren't, you didn't know who you were. And I was like, I don't know if that's, that is possible within the confines of just staying in a relationship. You never had time to just be alone. Right. So I would always push you to like do meditation, do things like that. And probably a little reason why I was so aggressive on like biting you on certain things because it's like, yeah, and look, you told me to do something and I wouldn't do it. I want you to fight back on me because if you fight back, at least like we know you care about it. Right. Yeah. Like, so that you can kind of find that. Did I do the best job? Who knows? I don't know. We're here now. Still learning. Guys. Still learning. Right. <laughs> but that was really important because I was like, I want to make sure, and you know, I do this all the time. I'm, my question is always like, well, what if I die? Yeah. <sighs> God, this is for another podcast. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. But I want, especially if like we have kids, like is the standard that I hold dear that we're hoping like if we're going to 
join into this union as a couple, but of like marriage, but like if we're going to bring life into this world, do we share the same thing so our kids get the same message? Yeah, that, it is important. Yeah, that's important to me. And I was like, if she doesn't know what her side of that equation is, if it's not the same thing, like we're going to send something mixed down the pipeline. And I've watched a lot of people struggle for almost the entirety of their life, being that I've worked with people literally in every age demographic and across, I mean, I've worked with thousands of clients at this point. Yeah. And that's, I've seen, especially as I started to open up real conversations with people to kind of get to the depths of why are they not doing the thing that everybody knows they need to do, including them? Why are they not doing the behaviors they need to do? Well, because there's other reasons why they weren't solid on something else. We had to figure out what they really their priorities were, but nobody really ever asked them. So I would ask you all the time, like constantly, what do you care about? What do you value? What's the most important thing? And I think like as a 24, 25 year old, you're asking me those questions at the time, right? I'm 27 now. And I'd be like, God, why is he like so hard on this topic? Um, I mean, most people at that age are still out getting wasted on the weekend and being hungover. So to me, I was like, well, I don't know. But I was like, I was in the mindset to think about it. Now quarantine allowed me to have that conversation with myself because I also was like, okay, well, he's so set in this. We do want kids the next few years. I should probably figure out what my values are before we go, through, you know, go forward. And I'm glad that we did figure them out or I figured them out. And then we were able to say, okay, they do meet each other's needs and goals. Or well, I was really proud of you. Like when you took it upon yourself to start journaling, you know, yeah. you did it your own way, right? You found, yeah. I don't remember what it was next 90 days. Who's that? Rachel. Yeah. Rachel Hollis. Rachel Hollis. You know, that was your thing. I had my thing. Which I'm like not too fond of her now, but yes, she taught me. She, she provided value, right? She you did. might look back and see her world in a different view of uh, 10 years from now, right? Sure. But, you know, what I saw from the outside looking in, like you were not spending time around your peer group that much for the past seven years, right? Yeah. Like you were spending time with people 10 years ahead of you. Yeah. And you didn't realize you were doing that constantly. Like you were in a pressure cooker with me, with Ian. His, Ian's wife is also 10 years older than you. Like, yeah you were getting people who had been a little farther along the line and yeah, you see your peer group and you're like, wait, not a, nobody else is doing this. This is kind of, you know, this is the outside looking in kind of perspective what's happening. Like you're being held to a different standard, but why, and why am I doing it now? And I look back at my own life at that time. I was judged a lot by a lot of people because I just put my head down and like worked on my career. I was there at Albany all the time. I didn't travel and go do things. I don't think I took a vacation for, I don't know. I don't I really don't know. And because I just was in it. Like, I'm just going to get really good at this thing. I, I cared about opening a gym. I cared about growing the business. I cared about that. And like, that yeah. was my thing. And I was willing to push everything aside for a thousand different reasons. And Jay exposed me to that stuff at a pretty early age relative to most of my demographic. At that time, I was, like, I was 21, 22, whatever it was. And I got so much out of that. And that's what like I led at the forefront of not only my career, but of my life. Yeah. And I found, having found you, I was like, okay, we're going to make a real best run. Best thing it. yet. We are the best thing. Yet. <laughs> the best is yet to come, right? That was something that was so important to me. Like I wanted to make sure, let's go deal with the real stuff first. You know, I don't care so much about the house and the cars and the white picket fence and all the other things. Like, you know that and we have had massive, <laughs> massive battles. You think like, I don't like stuff. Like I like stuff. Cause I like stuff. You like stuff, you know, like it's fine. I can like it. Yeah. But you know, 
And something that sticks out to me why like, you started to matter a lot was like you told your dad, you know, that you were going through some interesting transitions earlier on in the business and everything else. And you're like, you told your dad, like, I lived with him under a bridge in a box. And I was like, yeah, there, like, okay, here she is. Here right? she like, is. This is it. And, you know, I went broke during the time that we started and I moved in with a couple clients at the time, great family, yeah. you know, like, and you stuck by me through this stuff where, you know, I'm coming off steroids. Oh, yeah, I, I, forgot, I forgot all about this. How do you forget all about this? This is like the I part know, of the like, main story. Like, I'm, I'm, I I literally, my hair was just, I was just looking gross, you know? Oh like, my God. The facial hair, the hair the growing out. Freaking the freaking flare jeans. I can't even. The I just flare, just like they were I posted fitting. something on social media the other day and I was, <laughs> I was like, you looking really cute. They're like, remember his uh, outfits five years ago, guys? <laughs> but you cleaned me up, right? Like to me, oh God, I don't hair. know what you saw. I don't, I actually don't know. Like, what was it that drew you? I'm, this is a great oh, conversation. God. What drew you to me? Right? Like, I think you're just your sensitivity. Really? Elaborate. Well, I did not like you at first. Obviously, you know this. I could not stand you. You would talk to me. I just walk the other way. So I was like, I can't stand the sound of his voice. And you barely then, can still stand the sound of my voice. It's accurate. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not good. And then we were at a bar does not exist anymore like the whole crossfit crew went out this was pre not like, out of you you were not a page at the time right? Kayla Nelson. i don't need to know that <laughs> oh my god first of all they don't check ids at the door so it was their fault not mine and they're gone now um, so yeah elba's right is that what it was called maybe i don't know it was elba's <laughs> and i remember um we ended up having like a deep conversation there now what I do I remember what that conversation exactly was no but I remember being like whoa this guy is not who I thought he was and it just took like and like we were not intoxicated like it was just a genuine conversation um and I just remember being like wow okay he really is just like a sensitive guy with just passion I guess okay and I think I was like telling you about teaching at that point and how I was like transitioning from dental to this um yeah, I think it was just your sensitivity and your like your openness. Hmm. And I was previously in a relationship with someone who's the opposite, right? So obviously, like that would be appealing to like have someone open and sensitive and whatever. Even though I hate freaking talking about my feelings more than anyone in the world. We joke that I'm the chick of this relationship. He is the chick. I'm like, leave my relation, leave my feelings alone. I'll deal with them by myself. Hello, <laughs> <Hello>, bull. <laughs> That's not anymore. You don't really let me. I did read Untamed this summer. I think that that was a turning point for me. <clears throat> One of her like uh, lines was, how did she say it? She said, um, Glennon Doyle, Untamed is a book. She said, you have big feelings and like you, she, I don't remember exactly, I'll have to find it, but it was, I highlighted it, but it was, it was basically the thing like you have big feelings and you're entitled to those feelings. So now every time I get annoyed with Caleb, I'm like, well, I have big feelings. <laughs> you do have big feelings <laughs> and your fiery Albanian side comes out on that. I'm pretty tamed actually compared comparatively i will say that much you haven't seen me really get mad at someone though but that's interesting to you say because amidst before. where just so you know i was coming off a lot of places in my life where i was feeling i was transitioning from a place in my life where i was feeling just I, that i was nothing more than just a physical object right. i could take my shirt off i had six back abs i was at a, the title of i uh, I was a business owner at that time. Cool. You know, I could date the 
prettiest girl in the gym and the best athlete, whatever. And I was one of the best athletes there. Like I had all the trimmings of this. Yeah, but you weren't happy. I wasn't because I wasn't. And this is interesting. I was what, 26? Yeah. Maybe, maybe no, 25. But I mean, I, this is what's talking. I bet you were 26. But that feeling was happening at like 24, 25. Like I remember going on a trip and Jay or maybe Kevin, I can't remember who was asking me, asked me like, they could just tell like, I was just blah. Like the song and dance and the rah-rah kind of thing, like the cheerleaderly style of coaching was just not doing it for me anymore. Like I didn't feel like I was making it a real never difference. never felt like you were a cheerleader, but. That's because I stopped. I stopped all, like, I don't like, I would be all the music all up and everything. And now like. Do you remember when you made us work out silent for a couple months in the gym? I didn't make anybody work out silent. It was, the music was just lower. It felt silent. I, even, I can go into my theories around music being played really loud in a class. No, we're not I, doing that. We won't do that now. We'll do that another day. But I was coming off a point in my life like where that was, was like, great, I've achieved this thing. I checked a few boxes, but I realized like I was trying to do that to just impress a bunch of people. Sure. Like I wasn't really happy. I wanted people who, and it was, I got that adoration or that acknowledgement from various sources but it was just about like this is what the culture kind of appropriated as as success right if you can check the box of being a business owner cool you know like i got to check the box on a, something i cared close enough about like a gym and this was a yeah. and i was you know i was good enough as an athlete but like all these things were like a very like linear pipeline like i knew like you talk about your job as like you knew what you needed you knew the path to get there and like that was the same thing for me but now where I got to that point, I was like, but this wasn't all the fulfillment I needed. And I, what, of course you don't, didn't know me at that point, but like, I just buried my feelings all the time. I did not like, know him because he doesn't do that now. Buried them. And I just didn't know how to talk about anything of substance. And I felt like a lot of that was like reference of like, one, I'm not supposed to burden other people. Two, so like my feelings aren't supposed to be that important. Three, like, um, I didn't feel like I could bring value to other situations. I didn't know, and I didn't know what value was. Yeah. And it took a lot of people to say like, hey, no, you just listened. And I was like, my role is to just listen. And I had my elders and I'm supposed to just pay attention. I didn't have anything to like contribute. So me getting to that point in my life, when <clears> I <throat> flipped that, right, I checked a bunch of boxes, but I wasn't fulfilled. Like you saw me at the unraveling of all that. And you know, what did I do? I went through some fallouts and some intimate relationships. I went through some fallouts and professional relationships and then went through this massive transition so you're watching the dismantling and i'm like yeah. what the hell? you scared me because i'm like what the hell does this girl see in me? like all the things i had before i'm losing money i'm losing status like um, my looks are fading right now like i'm just gross <laughs> hair I'm was gross. my curly. clothes were gross like it was Do you like, remember when you took off your beanie at ccp and you're by the water fountain but, i think i turned to sarah and i was like he needs a haircut for right now I just, but I oh, remember the moment I told myself, I looked in the mirror as after a relationship and I was like, uh, my previous relationship before you ended, I looked in the mirror and I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to just like, let myself just get gross, whatever that definition was to me. And you didn't ever get gross though. Well, I look at some of my weight loss stuff in the past year, year and a half. I look at those pictures. I mean, don't get me wrong. My couple of my friends have no problem just saying like, <laughs> dude, when did you get so fucking fat? <laughs> And it's true. I don't remember you being that big, though. Well, that's... You know why? Because guys, when they gain weight, like, they gain it... They get it better than, like, 
I would if I gained as much weight as you gained. You know what I mean? Like if I gained that weight, I have like it has nowhere to go, so you're gonna see it. But like a tall person like you, like it I'm just distributes. Like five, five, okay, how tall am I? You're five. Okay, one, right? Right, but you guys still like distribute the weight a little like better. I don't know. That's I, I could cover up with clothes, but the difference is like. I was coming from a place in my life where I had like sold memberships butt naked in a hot tub yeah. to like now like I felt uncomfortable taking my shirt off at home alone. Like right. you gotta think of that stretch right there. And you scared me because for the first time I was just like, whatever, like this is who I'm gonna be. I didn't really know who that was. Yeah. Take it or leave it. And I was pretty much just that from there on out with you. It's like everything else like well let us still have to lose you know and I look yeah, at, went high five you're awesome <laughs> yeah i am so well you know and we've gone through some stuff through quarantine together through and we won't need to go through all the stuff but like i feel like we've actually okay. there you go. not just quarantine i mean in the past few weeks i had had covid which was a final piece like we've you've had some loss and you're sorry life. what did you have i had the vid <laughs> you're fine though i'm fine you know which to that effect you know really reaffirmed to me like the importance of health and like yeah i'm a young sure. whatever if you want to i don't 33, even understand how you got it I, what am i 34 do, am i 33 i don't know i can't keep track 33 so i don't do i really am still like baffled i don't know how you didn't get it but the point I'm i don't know how like, i didn't get it i don't know how you still i don't i still don't understand you don't go anywhere you like go to two places i go everywhere point being crazy going through it there was no point where I'm just like, yeah, this is it. I'm checking out. Like that was not the end of my life. I'm saying that because I routinely take care of my health. Yeah. I invest, a, I have invested a small fortune in my health, not just baseline health, but like opti optimizing my health between supplements, between chiropractic care, between getting body work. I did meditate like every day. You meditation. COVID though. Right. You and I was like, I'm not going to get COVID. I'm not going to get COVID. Maybe that helped. I don't know. But I'm like, I had some... I had health to pull from like yeah my cup was full on that one and even like two days you didn't feel good like the rest of the day you sort of met like i'm sorry you could get up and, and that's to say there's not people that aren't healthy that have not had it tough like i know oh, a yeah. people had like but the point would be like put two people side by side say both of you are going to get covid the person who's been taking care of their health for 15 20 years consistently yeah. has a great health regimen and routine and the person who just crushes cheeseburgers milkshakes never yeah. like barely will look at the stairs you know like and hasn't breathed heavy and exercise in you know, you know a decade who are you going to take right yeah. like somebody's like also 25 30 pounds overweight the other person who's like yeah it's expected who's probably probably all things other things considered is probably going to take it better probably the one who's been taking care of their health right yeah. like well it's important to take care of your health 365 days of the year you know not saying you have to exercise all those days but the, having a routine and being just a healthy individual yeah it also speaks to like i think hopefully this opened people's eyes to stuff's gonna happen yeah right whether it's you know if you're not financially responsible there's gonna be a financial downturn owning a business taught me that like no matter what there's gonna be months of plenty and months of famine if you don't know how to save and keep a certain amount of money and be responsible there guess what those downtimes things are gonna get you're much more likely to just be in a bad spot when it comes to your health you're probably going to be in a worse spot if you are not nurturing your relationship when something happens. Maybe somebody has a family member has to move in. Maybe, you know, there's tragedy. Maybe there's whatever. If you're not solid on making sure your relationship is 
something where like, you know, you and I could just look at each other and be like, yo, what do you need support from me? If we don't have that type of baseline thing established, yeah, we might not make through, you know, it's not to say that we are guaranteed success on the other side, but we are definitely improving our odds of it. And I think that's a lot of things that people don't think about. It's a lot of consistent, hard work to do that. Oh which gosh. can lead to one of your favorite things. What? Well, what was the turning um, point with me where you're like, okay. What? Turning point? Was there a turning point where you're like, okay, he, aside from that first moment, like, okay, he's not just some whatever the hell you thought I was at that time. I mean, a turning point. Really? Like, okay, we're into this relationship. Yeah. Like, let's make a go of this thing. Like, I'm serious about him. I love him. That kind of idea. No, there's no turning point. It was just like Simon Sinek has said, just the small acts of whatever things that make you love a person. I don't think it's like one, like, oh my gosh, he just gave me the best hug and now I love him. No, it's like the small little acts of service over time. It's almost you like- did say something to me once and you were like, I did. We both really enjoy food, obviously, right? And at this time, you were like splitting from your first business partner. You were getting, you know, getting with Ian. You're making purebred happen, whatever. And you're like, you know, I don't like go buy you like the shiny things, which I'm fine with because I can buy my own shiny things. Um, you're like, but I, what did you say? You're like, but I put food in your belly. <laughs> and I was like, that is perfect. That's like me. And it was true. Like we, what, the one thing we do enjoy is like going to dinner. Or like having a like a nice meal. And when you said that, I was like, okay, like that's fair. Okay. Do you know why having a nice meal is so important to you? Because you're the garbage can in your family? No. Oh. But I was. <laughs> no, no. Like all the leftovers, like whatever like they just shoveled down to the end of the, the table and it was me to eat that and you know, work through my own things around that. But your grandpa? No, but wow, just in general, it's like it's the to me, that's the one time a lot of people can socially feel comfortable enough to just like let down their guard and like you're in a, you're in a hmm. defined space. Like we're going to share some time together. It is what it is. You know, I feel comfortable enough. And this is something that I learned with Ian and grew through with Ian. And he was this one of really, really valuable experiences that we've talked about is we did a three day fast together. Yeah. And I realized how much of any type of connection of any real substance came through you know, I realized subsequently, like also fitness kind of allowed me a little bit of that connection. Like that's why I actually liked it and got really liked it in high school. Like it was the first time I felt like close and talked to people and stuff, but like having a dinner with people, whether it was like going out for wings and whatever, it just was like our way of having something to share and then have a reason to talk. And mm-hmm. that was something like on a fast where I realized, wow, my entire life revolves around that. What would I do if I didn't have the meal to go to? Yeah. Could I do the same thing? And you, you know, can, don't worry. You can, but I mean, no, you can, especially. I, I definitely, definitely know, but I, that was the first time with doing three day water fast with Ian, where I was like, oh, so instead of saying, hey, you want to grab a bite to eat, it's like, hey, want to talk? <laughs> you do that all the time. We talk all the time. We talk probably for an hour or two a day. We just pick up the phone and we yeah. FaceTime each other. And, you know, you just roll your eyes like, here they go again, talking about business stuff, you know. But that's important. And the same thing goes with you. It's like, it doesn't have, but I enjoy like going out to a meal because most other people, that's the first time they will feel comfortable. I just enough. like the food. You You're just making like, it way too complicated for me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the experience of trying yeah. new things. So yeah. like I having a nice meal. So much. It's like one of my favorite things. Well, it fills a lot of like buckets all at the same time. 
I get a great conversation. Hopefully, I get some like connection. I like pairing my drink with my food. <laughs> well, there's a lot of process. I like to the it. sausage. What is the biggest lesson you took out of quarantine? As maybe hopefully quarantine, oh. not quarantine, but I like, think just finding like, my values. I think I needed to do that for me. Yeah, so I think that was probably the biggest thing. And <clears throat> I think I told you one day I was like, you know what? There's gonna be a day where we were like we were in quarantine. Obviously, like I was teaching from home, but things were very slow paced. Obviously couldn't do anything or go anywhere and we took a lot of walks that was like our thing because I will say besides the snowstorm we just got um the weather has been good in 2020 like there hasn't been at least in upstate New York there hasn't been like like when quarantine started like the weather was not freezing anymore you could go out for a walk with you know your family or whatever so we did a lot of walking um but and I did a lot of hiking, but um, I had said to you, like, we'll probably never get this time back. You know, like the second this whole thing is over, eventually, you're going to go back into the pace of like everyday things, right? Um, so I was like, well, I guess we should just probably enjoy like, the extra time because we're never going to get it again, unless there's another pandemic in 10 years. But yeah, I think my values and just having extra time, like with you and Ty and enjoying, I had to like, to show myself the benefit and the positives of being at a slower pace for once. And taking the time to reflect. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. What's a lesson that you could give to somebody else? For quarantine? Sure. A lesson? I don't know if I have a lesson. Um, advice? Can you give advice? Sure. Maybe just like starting something or doing something that you said you were wanting to do for a while now. So like mine was like, I should, mine, I just kept thinking about values. So like I finally found them. So if yours is like going out and exercising or like you're, you want to write a book, like quarantine is the perfect time to do it. What else are you doing? Can't go anywhere. Like it. And order out from restaurants so that Support your local business. Yeah. <laughs> it's also good. Yeah. And I think the hardest part of quarantine was closing the gym. Yeah. I know like you were like, you did really well with it. But I think that was the hardest for me. Most, yeah, that was probably the hardest thing in 2020 for me. I'm not crying, don't I? I mean, I think you think it wasn't hard for me. I think you, but you like process well. Like you can like, I feel like you knew it was coming just because you're smart enough to know. And I was just like, nope, everything's going to be fine. We're going to be fine. To give you some clarity, I'm good at processing well because I've been in it. And you That's realize I mean. you have to learn how to move on from things like some, you know, it sounds like a sociopathic tendency, but like I know how to like have to cut people out quickly and just like yeah. have to move on and deal because. I've been cut out quickly and you realize like life goes on and you sure. realize you have to keep moving to like keep the things going. You have to look to the next thing and just, you know, stagnation is not going to help anything. Yeah. So once you start to wrap your head around the fact that that's going to happen, like relationships might end, businesses might end, world goes on. Like, and yeah, but you're, you can, you're good at like differentiating those. I also have, You're, you have more experience. I have more experience and I have processes and systems in place. Like, Where I'm like, the gym was my favorite place. So I, not that it wasn't yours, but. Yeah, I mean, it was changing. I'm You're just one. more adulting than I am. I wouldn't say I'm more adulting. In just some ways I've had some experience and I was, you know, 
I like to glean everything in the positive, right? It's that whole be optimistic piece of my values. And I'd figured that piece out. It's like, okay, cool. So this is ending. What else can I do? Because I no longer have the stressors that this certain situation yeah. sets up. Like to me, I don't care about the how. It was, I'm always going after my purpose. Like some people are like, what are you going to do now? I'm like, um, I'm going to still help people. Like yeah. that didn't change. It's like the vehicle didn't matter. I needed to get some new skill sets. Like, cause I moved, I started a little online well in advance because again, we were preparing ourselves for potential catastrophe, no matter what, Yeah. because we just looked at the trends of the industry. So I'd already had a little bit of distance coaching under my belt, but you know, learning how to market, building relationships online, things like that. Like that wasn't that's a new thing. And that was part of like, oh, this is scary, but now I get a new thing to worry or in, learn how to like engage people. And that's just the opportunist and the optimist in, in me because like I've learned in my life, you know, it sounds so cliche, but sometimes you need these cheesy cliche things. It's like when one door opens or one door closes, another one opens like every single time. Like, and not only that, it might be even way better than you thought it was, right? Yeah. I had a bunch of relationships come to an end in my past, but right when that was ending, you and Ian walked into my life. Now, not to say those things were bad, they were the right thing for that time in my life, but you and him were the right thing for where I was going. Yeah. And I realized like if not moving on from that, like I wouldn't be able to move on with to like you two and open myself to that. There was no guarantees. There was no like sure knowing of it but you were there and like, I had to like take advantage of that opportunity. Now, because I'd gone through some of those, we'll call them dramatic experiences. I could look at something on a scale as closing a business and the way it was to be like, okay, like, okay, now we just do it this way. You know, not everybody handles transition like that as well. For whatever reason, I have my opinions about that, but just so you know, like it wasn't something easy and much like you just said, if you've been thinking about the thing, you know, we had been thinking, we didn't just like snap our fingers overnight and say like, okay, we're shutting things down. It's like, we kind of took a look at things. It was a few months to like really observe how we were doing that, like to really committing to that process. And then like, okay, time to pull the, time to pull the ripcord, going to do the thing. Yeah. So, you know, I agree. Like if you're thinking about it and it keeps coming up, it's probably something you need to like look into because it probably is going to solve other problems well beyond just that immediate, like whatever. Right. And there's consequences both ways. But yeah, so your advice is take action on the thing you think you've been thinking about. Stop putting it off. Yes. I like it. That's very deep of me. That was very deep. <laughs> you know, I appreciate yeah. that. Like you're somebody like, I should go do it, you know? Oh. So it's good. So we've been doing this for how long now? I'm kind of impressed that we've been talking almost two hours, okay. which is kind of impressive. Let's close it with this. I've been trying to think of like, a meaningful question to ask people oh, like new man. guests and I get to test it out on you okay. first is it gonna be the same question for everyone I that's what I'm gonna think about and we'll okay. see how well this goes right now okay. but this is something that especially when I coach people because you know how I am like I'm not really coaching anybody on fitness or health okay what do I coach what do I coach them on life life right my favorite question to really like learn or understand is usually like, what do you really want for yourself? But really what that question oh, is, like, what are that, that, like, and I'm saying what you want for you, right? The same way you're like, you're going to be a dental hygienist because it, there's a lot of what other people think would be a good idea for you, as opposed yeah. to like, you really love teaching. I want to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. To me, when you ask somebody, what do you want for yourself? Which most people never get asked. What I'm really asking you is what do you believe your purpose is? Wow. Um, 
and there's no right or wrong. I just, <laughs> well, I'm just curious. No right or wrong. I don't, I don't think I have a specific purpose that's like defined. However, I, I've told you in the past, like if I can help or like touch one student in my like entire career, like that's enough for me to like be fulfilled in the end. Mm. So even though I have, I've had, this is my third class at this point, right? No, fourth class. Oh my gosh. This is my fourth class. Fourth year teaching, yeah. Right. So let's say I have 15 students in each. I've had a little bit more in some years and about that um, in others. So what, 60 students so far? Okay. So that times however many more years, like if I can just help one kid, if I know I've helped one kid in one way, I'm like, I'm good with that. I know like- You can I, leave this world a fulfilled yeah. human being. Yeah. So, so I don't think it's like the defined passion helping kids, but like, what does that mean? That can mean a ton of things. But if I could help one kid and not like in that moment, like they look back and they reach out and say, this is Nelson, Miss Selka at the time, whatever. If you help me, you said this and it helped me do this. Like, okay, I'm golden. I wanted to end on that, but then you <laughs> opened the thing. You oh opened God, the, you what? opened the door. Who what? was that? What's that moment with the teacher for you? I don't think I have one. I don't have like a look back at. I think, like I said in the beginning, I've had so many great teachers over the years. Um, probably like the passion I saw and maybe Mrs. Spooner of teaching, like her her love for teaching, but I haven't had like a, not one teacher has like said something specific that is sticking out. Hmm. I have a, one moment that keeps coming up. Is it me. when you farted in class? <laughs> that was second grade. <laughs> no, but the way she handled that was graceful and she was a first year teacher. So that was funny. Second grade, man, I was so embarrassed. Anyway, no, it was, I believe it was sixth or seventh grade, Mr. Bagnuolo. I believe he's my English teacher or however, what I can't remember like kind of the, I think it was English or whatever we called the general thing around that, not social studies. That was not social studies. Anyway. Keep going, a teacher. He was a teacher and I just remember him like perching himself up on the desk, like kind of like sitting back and kind of crossed his arms and he just looked- Such a classic male teacher right there. I feel like they all do that. <laughs> I, had a, I had quite a few great teachers in that middle school time frame, sixth to eighth grade. That's pretty good, I have good middle school. I did and a couple of them were mostly male fi figures. I did have a social studies teacher, Mr. Dixon. I think he went on to become a um, uh, principal. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong on that. He might have become an assistant principal. Principal. He was. I liked him. He okay. What did the teacher tell you? Sorry, Mr. Bagnolo. He just sat back, kind of crossed his leg, kind of looked at the room, and he said, "It's like he asked the question, who are you?'" Oh God, that would be a moment for you. No wonder. It explains, it explains everything. It explains literally <laughs> everything. And a couple people went down the room and like kind of said like, "What I do?" This and I was like, "Nah, who are you?" And like, it just kind of was like this open-ended thing. You should reach out to him and tell him you remember, remember that. I wrote a post about it a while back. And I, I didn't say write a post about it. I, I you know should I should reach out. reach out to him. I should find him somewhere. I don't, I don't even know if he's teaching uh, Your mom. My mom probably knows. My mom keeps me abreast of all the happenings in Austin <laughs> High School or not Austin High School. Whatever's going on. She's a TA and. I think you should reach out to him. That's your, that's my goal for you for this week. You know what? And I might have to have him on the podcast. See, then. that, that would be like my thing. If that. And the funny thing is. He's waiting it for it. The funny thing is, like, that wasn't even, like, a, that wasn't. But, like, what do you ask teaching, people now? Like, that's something that makes something, especially when I think about how I coach, which is basically, I call it, I will call it coaching. 
coaching and teaching, I think are the same thing. Like true, true coaching is great teaching. Coaching is great. Coaching is about asking questions. It's never about telling somebody, right? You can show a kid, this is a letter A, this is, you know, number one, this is number five. Like this is how you do A plus B or, you know, the hypotenuse. Like you can give them facts and stuff like that. Throwing out geometry. I did well in school enough to remember something. I'm one of the few people actually remember some of the stuff from like school. Wait, what did I do wrong yesterday? I don't even want to go into it. I played Scrabble <laughs> and that was fun, but we had a really good time. I kept asking, is this a word? That was interesting. Anyway. It is on the, the but of friends. The greatest thing he ever taught me was an action of asking a great question that opened the possibility for me to explore that question for the rest of my life. Cause I don't think I'll ever answer that. Cause like, especially if we are in a world of labels and identities and whatever, you know, and I, I think we're in a societally in like a massive identity crisis, especially in the United States, you know, and I'm not gonna go political on this one at all because that's just a whole can of worms. But like, we're kind of at a teenage age as a country, right? We're 200, 250 years into being this, whatever experiment we are of freedom which that's my highest value of all for the pursuit of freedom. Like, what is that? Well, that's individual to everybody. It's begging that question, like, who are you? And who do we want to become? Like, we're here now. And I think about right before I met you, like, I was asking myself, who am I? Yeah. And what I'm happen happening, what's happening right now is not me. Like, it's not what I want to be. It's not the impact I want to leave on this world. You know, I'm thinking now about us having kids. What kind of father? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step into that role but people like cling to a role as who they are. I'm a dad, I'm a mom, I'm a teacher, I'm a this. And that's might not be how that person looks at you. And that's so interesting of that question of who are you? It's like, it's kind of relative. Who are you to that person that you're impacting? Sure. So there's so many interesting layers. So to Mr. I remember if he went by Mr. B or Mr. I'm gonna make you reach out to him this week. That was the most powerful thing. And I hope anybody who's a coach, anybody who's a teacher, you know, you like the band Cartel, right? I mean, when I had my emo phase in middle school. I like my emo phase. There's a, there's a lyric in it. If you want, if you're not getting answers, ask better questions. And that was, that's something I think about. Like, no wonder if you're like getting no depth, what have you asked? You keep probably keep telling people. Most people just tell people what to think, what to feel, what to be. This is the right job. That's the wrong job. This is, I what, will say, this is what you should care about. This is what a relationship should look like. I think another turning point from dental to um, teaching was I had professors say, first of all, he started the class out with a syllabus as everyone does, right? But it was insane. Like it was a hundred level course. It was like a prereq. It wasn't anything crazy. I don't remember what it was. I think it was like a health class. Um, and it, the, the amount of work was like, I remember everyone in the room just being like panicking. We're not even like 20 minutes into class panicking. And then eventually he's like, this is a joke. Like he ripped up, he ripped it up. He was teaching some lesson. Like, look how, look how much anxiety you just got from like a piece of paper. But then he talked about, um, he said, if you're counting down the days until retirement, like you're in the wrong field. And I was like, oh crap. It's like, that's going to be me. <laughs> and that really stuck with me powerful yeah great teacher what that it's a great teacher yeah he was he was, he was a dental really hygienist great. teacher no he was well, it was like a prereq yeah and i think that, but was that speaks to something really interesting he cared more about you he was a prereq like he didn't like I, what oh, I'm, okay. the point i'm trying to look to make is 
you know, and I've been that problem. I would try, especially when I was feeling scarce, like maybe I don't have enough coaches, maybe I don't have enough sales. Like I was telling people what they should, like what their outcome should, that they should care about, yeah. right? You should want to be this. You should want to be this strong. You should want to be this kind of job. Right. And it was narrowing their field of like what they could want. And I, you know, I openly talk about that, but he did such a great job. What I hear is like, even- That was like my turning point. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be counting down. And I- do not feel like that in teaching. I do not feel like I'm counting down my years until retirement. No, and so and you're I do looking, know teachers do that. Right. And we can talk about our beliefs, my beliefs at least. I know. And you know, we, to, we won't go there because that would be another thing. Yeah. But you're so fortunate. I mean, your principal really empowers you. He's been great to you, like yeah. helping you grow, you know, shout out to Mr. Perry. I think he's <laughs> a great guy. And uh, Bridget, his, his girlfriend, she's wonderful. They're a little mad at me right now. Not Bridget. <laughs> Who's mad at you? Well, I was going to, they sent us a Christmas card and I asked Bridget, I'm getting blamed, I'm totally blaming Bridget for this. I asked her a few weeks ago, I was like, is it, is it weird if I send my principal, um, cause I, I want to address it to both Bridget and Mark. And I was like, is it weird to send my principal a card in the mail? Like, is that unprofessional? Like, I didn't know if it was like weird. I don't know. So she's like, I don't think she did say, she's like, I don't think it's weird. She's like, but save the stamp, like just give it in person. And I was like, okay. So when I got theirs the other day, I texted them and I was like, I was going to send you it, but Bridget told me not to save the stamps. So obviously my principal was like, really? You weren't going to, I couldn't send one stamp. I was like, that's not what I meant. That's pretty funny. She's so sweet. <laughs> she is. So um, I blamed her. Blamed you, Bridget. They're so great. I really enjoy it. But what I really like is like, they keep pushing you in the direction of growing, like you're doing, you're, you're looking to be not only was this the entry level thing, like you get fulfillment from teaching the kids every day, but you're looking how you can impact even more. You're looking to become, you know, be able be more in administration, whether it's assistant principal or principal. I don't yeah. know if you want to be a superintendent or anything like that. No. You, know, you know, I want to build a school together one day. Which I'm anything. really excited actually, because about Megan texting me the other day was like Lucas Ian's, and Megan's uh, eldest son is like, he wants to, he wants to do a weekly call because they homeschool him uh, and start learning French. And I'm like, and everybody doesn't know I speak French. Um, I was so flattered. I'm like, here it's starting. Like I'm bridging out my <laughs> oh skills. I'm learning God. my skills beyond just teaching fitness. Like this is really cool. And I told you you could come be a building sub. I, I did actually sub for a little bit. I, like in back in Austin, very, very brief period of, of time. Um, who knows, maybe one day just for fun. Um, and I've taught, a, I've gone in and done a couple programs in schools where there was that Shenanda yoga. That was great. The kids are super cute. That was like first to fifth grade, if I remember correctly. Great mm -hmm. kids. Anyway, point being, I was trying to allude back to that guy was, though it was a prereq for whatever everything else was, he didn't, wasn't like set on, you have to do this path in your life. It's no. go for the path you need. And here yeah. you are not only just wanting to do the bare minimum of showing up and do your job like you're looking to just keep growing within that field because you're i thinking, cannot stand people who just show up and do the bare minimum drives me bonkers you know and there's times in your life where you have to know how to just do the bare minimum because like everything else in life happens I always do more you can always do more but point i'm looking make like if you're sick you can't go into work but what can you do you can help make sub plans you can do things that are like that's yeah. like that's what the bare minimum is right at the time that you can provide like you can give what you can that's a conversation for another day. Point I was looking to make is those are small periods of life, but if you're always yearning to grow, yeah, there's that value coming back in that that principle of growth. You're already looking to like find a way to make a deeper impact. Now, again, you'd be just as happy if you just 
stayed in the classroom and I know you try to enrich the lives of these kids yeah. no matter what because there's a thousand different ways to do that there's no it's just one. so fun so fun and they're great and I see the kids react and I from me watching you as a coach yeah I know that was a transferable skill and it's no different I would have full confidence you know anyway all said it. and done you've shared your purpose you did a great job <laughs> oh, on that that thanks. was actually pretty impressed and that might actually be the question you know what was it again what do you right. believe your purpose is? Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. And oh, big boy stretch. Tyson's doing his big boy stretch. That's all we have for today. I'm impressed that we've gone for a couple hours because you were all nervous about talking. Like, are there any talking points? <laughs> I was like, do you have questions? Is there a structure? <laughs> no, no. You put up with me all day long, and you know I can come well, up with questions. I have two retirement plans. You have retirement plans? How do you have retirement plans already? I'm just a planner. I guess school I secretary. Them. In my own talk show. <laughs> Maybe you can start your talk show right now. No, I want like a Kelly Ripa talk show. You can start a Kelly Ripa talk show right now. All right. And this... this is Nelson in real life. How could, if somebody wants to connect to you, whether they're a te somebody who's looking at, you know, wanting to become a teacher themselves or, you Do know, it. We want, need more of them. We need more great teachers. Always yeah. need great teachers. If they're wanting advice on, you know, what it was like learning how to become a coach like there's a lot of great female coaches out there especially we need a lot of people who are going to help you know i've never i'm not a i'm not a woman i don't know what it feels like You're to not, be a woman i don't right. know like i might be in touch with my emotions i might know how he to might be like part woman <laughs> and that's you know by and large men should have emotions too but i'm just in touch with it you know we're just making jokes here but you know like <laughs> i don't know what it feels like you know I, there's a difference between a mother coaching and somebody who's another mother because there's like i went through the same thing like me coaching a guy you know, yeah. who wants to own a business or, you know, which I like to like, I like to work with higher performers and male specifically people who've gone through the burnout cycle, who chased certain things, but now like are at a point in their life where they're like, uh, is that all there is? I want to make a deeper difference in my life. Like that's who I deal well with because that's what I've gone through. Yeah. And I can speak honestly to that. And I know what it feels like. You're going to feel something different. So, you know, if there's a woman out there who's looking to make similar differences to you, woman who wants to, who I mean, maybe it's it's somebody who's in a relationship whose partner is a lot like me, hard-nosed, perhaps a little stubborn, a bit of a dreamer, not a great planner. Yeah, never mind. I won't, I won't share my secrets. <laughs> maybe you do. It's probably a day for that's probably a private, a private conversation. How could somebody get in contact with you? Because I think you're a great little leader. Thanks. And um, I'd love for more people... I tell people all the time, you're somebody that they should connect with. How can they get in touch with you? I know, he acts like I'm a celebrity sometimes. It's very nice. I think you're way more interesting than I am. Well, that's true, but. I tell everybody, you're a far better human being than I am. Well, you're a good human too. Um, Mrs. Nelson in real life. At Mrs. Nelson. Uh, no. At, yes, Instagram page. At Mrs. But Nelson I'm going to assume that life. if they're listening to your podcast, they could just connect to you to connect to me, right? I'm going to tag it. Okay. I'm going to tag at Mrs. Nelson in real life. I don't have anything else. Just that. <laughs> just that. Okay. So you can direct message you. DM. DM. <laughs> DM. Like I'm learning some social media stuff. It used to be PM, I swear. And then I don't know. I was like, where are the message? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know either. You know, I'm learning the social media Crazy. marketing stuff and social media. Like I just, I don't spend the day. I don't have to be on like for business. I'm not going to be on social media. anymore. That's the, you know, okay. Well, I like talking to people. This is fun. But if somebody could, you know, I'd rather sit down and talk to somebody face to face. That's my social media. You know, that's my social Okay, sunshine. I know. I'm like traditional in that fashion. I'm it's like okay. Old school. Um, we did it. 
at Mrs. Nelson in real life. You can come do it. Anything else you want to say? Anything you want to share with people? No, I think we shared a lot. All right, guys. If you want any other help, you know how to reach out to her. If anyone needs a coach. Or you need a coach? Yes, I do want a coach. You want a coach in a class or something like that? Or like private training? No, no. Group coaching? Classes, yes. Cool. They want somebody who's awesome, who's perky. I have to be sassy, Who's though. good at retaining <laughs> your members. She's good yeah. at that, too. She's She does all the fluffy, fun stuff and party planning and all the other things. You did all that. You actually did all that stuff. I did. Yeah. Got it. I really do have a lot of experience from the gym that I forget about. Party planning. Jay's company. The, uh, the His podcast on the best hour of the day they did it. I actually commented on it. They posted, uh, you should spend less time programming, more time working on um, retention. Community. Well, retention-based um, activities. I'm like, thousand percent. You know, like yeah, people don't care people about programming. Thrive. Right. Well, you would. Okay. People do care about programming. They only care about it so much as. It's it funny though, because they're not educated. So they think they know. Okay. This is a different conversation. It's a different conversation. I won't be. Sexy. Point I'm looking to make is you did a lot of that stuff for yeah, me I because did. you were actually really good at creating like. I loved planning parties. Oh. Which it was like very, like I had so much anxiety because I was like, what if no one shows up? But I, there, it was always a really good turnout. So. You're the best at texting people like consistently. So <laughs> Making people go. We, have, we call what we call it life support, and you're like the queen of life support. You're good. Uh, Bridget was pretty good too. Bridget was pretty good too. Anywho, that's all we got for today. Thank you if you're still listening. I know my mother's probably still listening. Also, is shout- it live? No, I'm gonna tag oh. it. Shout out to Andrew. My mom says you guys have been listening too. You're awesome. We need to reconnect you and I. Um, I think my mom gave you my number, or maybe I gotta get your number and then I'll message you. Um, I don't know who has what number, but I've been thinking about you. I appreciate anybody's support. Um, If you know anybody who could use any help, send them our way. We'd love to help. Hopefully you found some value with this. Share with your friends and um, go out there and uh, maybe ask yourself, what is your purpose? What do you think it is? And um, hopefully you find some of that. All right. Until next time. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Naked Sunday. Much love.